an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 The story that topped the Super Bowl. We'll get to that in just about a minute. But now, let's say good morning, America. Yes, it is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. And welcome, everybody, to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Get the trumpets. Get the red carpet. Here's the man of the hour of the century of the day. The brains of this outfit. My partner, my friend, the one, the only, Brian no, hello, B. How are you? I'm doing great, Andy Furman. I will say that my brain had a temporary hiatus last week when I went off the rails on Nick Fools. Um, he had a great Super Bowl, so uh, that wasn't too great. But very nice. Uh, hopefully, of you I'm back to on track out, now. Very nice of you to come out of the box and say, "Look, you know, I I fibbed. I I erred. I erred. Really, it was nice. No fibbed. Really. No, no no fibs. But I yeah. erred. Yeah. <laughs> it was that was erred. Um, and I'm cutting up some audio because it's funny in nose picks. This is not an effort to save face, Andy. I own it. I was way off on Nick Fools. He played great. He played awesome. Didn't I pick Patriots. the Eagles to win? I think I did. Didn't I? Didn't no, I, you didn't. Uh, you I actually. Did. 
actually took okay. the Patriots 24-21, okay. but that's okay. Look at you. Sorry. Look at you. Okay. Yeah, all right. As we move on as the uh, NFL season, we have to put a little bit of a bow on that Super Bowl in a second. But by the way, are you watching the Olympics? Because I, I watched last night, okay? And I know the NBA was on. It was some college basketball. I'm flipping back and forth. And this snowboarding event, I mean, really and truly, I was telling my wife, how does one even practice for that? You, you could kill yourself in practice. I mean, that may be the hardest event in sports that I've ever seen in my life. That snowboarding. snowboarding? Oh, my Come goodness. On, the hardest event in sports? Yes. 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 Have you seen snowboarding. it? Snowboarding. Yes. Where they're jumping up <laughs> and down, doing the twists in the air and all that. Come on. Like the half pipe, the half pipe snowboarding where they go back and forth, back and forth. That, is that what you're talking about? No, they're going off these. It's like X Games. It's like the X Games a little bit. You know, they're going off right, these Right, right, right. Like, yeah. Like, okay. So is it cut? I'm just trying to get a sense of what the heck this thing is. So th- is it built on, like, there's ramps on both sides. So yes. they just go from one side, do something. They go to the other side, do something. Is that what you're right. talking about? And they're doing twists okay. and turns in the middle of the air. It's, it's, an, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's like going to the circus. It's like watching the circus. It really is. You're that, captivated that's by it. I am. I really am. You know what? They should have a league. You know, honestly, all these TV <laughs> networks. No, these TV networks are looking for, like, programming all the time, especially after the NFL season. It's, it's like downtime. It really is. Little NBA, little college basketball. They should have a league, a snowboarding league in various cities in the U.S. of A. Or maybe na- national. I mean, really, countries. One country versus another in snowboarding. It'd be big. Betting on Nobody it the Nobody cares year. about 80% of these events outside of the Olympics. That's the truth of it. Winter or summer. It's true. We don't care about swimming. I know it's the Winter Olympics, but a a Summer Olympics event. We don't care about swimming. We don't even care about gymnastics. There's a a country's flag behind him and a gold medal up for grabs. We, We give a rat's ass about swimming. No, you're right. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think the patriotism, you know, trumps everything else, uh, even the events. You know, everybody's rooting for the country rather than the actual yeah, sporting event. Of course. Yeah, you're we right. don't care about the events. Okay, so let's forget about it. Let's move on to football. <laughs> because we all watched the Super Bowl. Let's scrap that. <laughs> right. and, and you mentioned the Nick Fool, so we got that out of the way because he wasn't much of a fool, that's for sure. But there were a lot of sub-stories in that Super Bowl. Eagles winning it, underdogs, Eagles fans at the parade, eating horse manure, and the oh, Nick Fool story. Oh, I mean, come on, really. I mean, it's more than that. I mean, there's one moron and two million people, and they single him out. But you know, really and truly, would you? Would you take a bet and do that? Would you? Come on. Do you really have to ask that question? I've done some crazy to. things in my life. I haven't done anything remotely close to eating horse manure, and nor will I. That's never going to happen, man. You would never make a bet to do something like that. For the right price? No, right no, no price. Really? There's no, no. I would never, ever make a bet where, well, how should I say this? I would the never make a bet where it was a possibility that I could lose, okay? The, the With that on the line. Gag. Doesn't the thought of it oh, just gosh. make you gag? Oh, let's move on. Okay. But the I don't story, think of I it think that, that closely. The, it's the, terrible. The story that trumped all, of all stories against the Super Bowl has to be this Josh McDaniel story. The Patriots offensive coordinator pulling out of an agreement to become the Colts head football coach, Indianapolis Colts. What really happened? Because McDaniels was set for a news conference on Wednesday in Indianapolis. I guess Belichick, the owner Robert Kraft, and his son Jonathan Kraft put the full court press on McDaniels Tuesday afternoon. 
And I guess he had some doubts. And then he calls up the general manager, Chris Ballard of the Colts, like 7 in the morning on Tuesday morning, Eastern time. says, guess what? I'm going in a different direction. And Ballard says, good, the hell with you go. <laughs> what is that? Why is it such a big deal? People do back out of deals. They do. Oh, Andy, really? It's a huge yes. deal. They, they had already started hiring assistant coaches that Josh McDaniels was handpicking. They're keeping those assistant coaches with the new head coach that's going to be hired. So you've got the assistants that didn't sign up to work under whoever the new head coach is. You've got the new head coach who didn't sign... Well, he is signing up, but it wouldn't be his preference to stick with these assistant coaches. It's a complete cluster out of the gate. That's You've got Josh McDaniels' agent firing him. Where he's like, dude, what are you doing here? You're costing me my reputation. I'm telling the Colts that you're good to go. And now you're saying you're not? That's a huge deal. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it was blown out of proportion. Oh, Look, first of all, McDaniels was like 11 and 17 in two years in Denver. They didn't even finish the second year. Most of these guys that were under the tutelage of Bill Belichick didn't do well on their own. Right? And I think that maybe Josh McDaniels had cold feet. Remember, he was hired by the Broncos in 09. He went, what, 5 and 17 after a 6 and 0 start his first year, was fired with four games remaining his second year. He's lucky Belichick took him back. He's got a great blanket. Oh, no. Come no. on, really and truly. No, no, look, Josh McDaniels has done a great job with the Patriots. There's no denying that. You can question he's done a great what kind job. Of head no, he's done a great job be. with Brady and Belichick. That's what he's done, not with the Patriots. Yeah, exactly. Exactly yeah. what I said. He's done a great yeah. job with the Patriots. I don't know why the Patriots wouldn't want him back. He hasn't done any. What what has Josh McDaniels done where the Patriots wouldn't want him back? He's been spectacular for them. You can question if he'd be a great head coach elsewhere based on what he did with the Broncos, as you said, 11-17. and Isn't that great? So, yeah, you could question if he would have done a good job and been successful with the Colts. But to say he's lucky that the Patriots wanted him back, that's going way too far. Of course they would want him back. No, wait a minute. No, wait just a second. Let's go go out of sports for a second. You're working for an organization. You leave. More often than not, they're not going to take you back. They say, well, the hell with you. You don't want to be here. You don't want to be. I understand it's it's a different position and you're moving up the ladder. But more often than not, if you leave an organization, they're probably not going to take you back because the mindset is, well, you know, he's looking to get out. He didn't want to be here. Why would we want to take him back? And if we do take him back, he's going to probably look again to get out again. Look, right? Andy, I love you. And Jonas, going into our show, he put the over-under at two segments before <laughs> I had my head in my hands. It is one segment here. You Aww. see this all of the time. How often do we talk about these quote-unquote leverage plays, right? You had Mike Gundy, randomly, the first example that comes off the top of my head. The Oklahoma State head coach. He right. went and interviewed at Tennessee, and he ended up staying at Oklahoma State. So you're telling me... That anybody who flirts with another job is close to accepting another job, that his current or former employer would be like, go ahead, kick rocks. We don't want you here at all. Jump in a river. No, it happens all the time where you've got a an employee who reaches out and tests the waters of possibly going somewhere else, and they're like, no, 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 stay here. We need you. We'll actually extend your contract. We'll give you some more money. You're doing a great job here. We want you to stay. It happens all the time. Okay, the Gundy situation, I think, is a poor example because it's a sort of a lateral move. It's head coach to head coach. This is an assistant coach it's not, going it's up the, the ladder. It's the concept. Don't, don't get so 
entrenched in the exact example. You know the concept that I'm okay. telling you here. I, I hear what you're saying. But there's a good chance that some organizations would say, hey, he's looking to get out. We don't want him back. Right now, now there was a comment during these negotiations, if you want to call them that, that Belichick offered McDaniel's more of a quote inner workings. Tell me now, help me out here. You're the offensive coordinator, Bill Belichick. I love him to death as the head coach. I mean, McDaniel's doesn't know the inner workings of this ball club. What what does that mean? He's going to let him in on the stuff on, on the play sheets. I mean, what what is Belichick well, here's the deal. hiding here's what from it means. him? Did you watch the thirty for thirty, the two Bills? With Belichick and Parcells, I don't think I did. No, I missed that one. It, well, it was it was pretty good. It All wasn't right, anything okay. like mind blowing. It was pretty good. But I'll tell you what it means. When Belichick was under Bill Parcells, there's a part in the thirty for thirty where Belichick says he really appreciated Bill Parcells, kind of grooming him to be a head coach. Where oh, okay. he would invite him into the office and be like, "Hey, Bill." Belichick, that is. There's this situation with this guy. He's, you know, he's acting up. We're thinking about taking action, or we're thinking about trading this guy, or we're thinking about releasing this guy. All this stuff that head coaches would have to deal with that assistants don't. Parcell started to bring Belichick in on some of those decisions. So I would imagine that Belichick is probably going to do similar things with Josh McDaniels to sort of groom him with these decisions that a head coach has to make that he as a coordinator doesn't have to. So basically one of the uh, caveats to try to keep McDaniels in New England was the fact that we may be grooming you for the head coaching job because Bill won't be around for many more years to come. But, right. Well, that was one of the main things was it was McDaniel, the, quote, the, yeah, the stability of his family and staying there. But it was also the other big part was clarity on Bill Belichick's future. So that hasn't been publicized, but I'm sure they painted a, a clearer picture of how long Belichick was expected to stay there. Yeah, but McDaniels came out just the other day, I think like 24 hours ago, saying that there was no guarantee that he would be named the coach in waiting. Or sure. the, the following. Yeah. And he shouldn't be. Why should he be? I mean, come on. I mean, I, I don't know what he has done to deserve that job, the head coaching job. I mean, really and truly, again. You don't think that his, he could be a head coach oh, he could with the be. Patriots or elsewhere? Yeah. Oh, he, could, he, could, he was. He could be and he could be again because right. they recycle yeah. coaches. But you know what? He may not be the best guy there. Best qualified guy to be the next coach. I mean, he knows okay, the personnel. Okay, but he's going to be—he's going to have a great argument to be the next head coach. So, uh, look, it was—it was laughable. It was so unprofessional for him to originally accept the Colts gig. They were going to have a press conference the next day. They're tweeting like, "Colts, stream it here and catch the press conference." And welcome to Indy, Josh McDaniels. And then at the eleventh hour, he's like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm going to stick with the Patriots." You know, over I, here. I don't really that get is it. The I, height I, I don't. Of unprofessional. I really don't get it. Let me tell you why. Is it any less professional than when Bill Belichick was coaching what the Jets for a day and he faxed him saying, "I'm leaving." I mean, it was the same thing back then. I mean, well, he had the press conference and mentioned that he wasn't going to be staying there. And yes, it's incredibly similar, very, very similar. It turned out to be the smart move for Bill Belichick, but yeah, it was unprofessional at the time. The Jets, he was the head coach in waiting, and then Parcell stepped down. He was supposed to be the guy that took the keys, and he said, "Nah, I'm out of here. It's all good." So yeah, it, Josh McDaniels essentially pulled a Belichick. Right. I understand that. He probably learned it from his mentor as well. But all I'm saying is this. The only reason there's a lot more smoke here and it's blown up more because of social media. I'm reading reports from Tony Dungy saying that it was professional suicide. What are you out of your mind? I think coaching the Indianapolis Colts is professional suicide. <laughs> really? Um, 
I wouldn't go as far as to say it's suicide. I got a little choked up right there, Andy Furman. That was a good I'm one. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think that I understand what Dungy is saying because another, you think of the 31 other franchises, I mean, you want to talk about cold feet with exploring Josh McDaniels as the next head coach? You don't want to happen to you don't want what he did to the Colts to happen to your franchise. So with the other franchises, that's that's a bad bad way to conduct business unless it's the Patriots giving him the gig and he's the next dude right. after Belichick. I don't know if he's going to land anywhere else. So in terms of the other franchises, Dungey might be right. We'll see about that. Hey, we're just getting started right here. You can join us. Join the fray on Twitter at The No Show, N-O-E Show, at Andy Furman, F-S-R, or 877-99 on Fox. Well, I know you have a comment on that, 877-996-6369. What a lineup today. What a lineup. Bronx Sports Talk at 45 past the hour in this first, really, in the first hour. I love it. The Blame Game, hour number two. Bottom Barrel Betting, hour number two. Alex Marvez, hour number three. And, as mentioned, my partner. Partner, the one and only Brian Noah knows picks in our number three as well. We are, of course, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios and an unnecessary distraction or a stroke of genius. That's next. It was handled poorly. We'll get to that in just about a minute, about 21 minutes past the hour. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, we get it done here every single Sunday. We're kind of putting the bow here on the Super Bowl. And really and truly, Brian No, I know our, you're going to go a little nutso today because Got a lot of free time. As Jonas Knox mentioned, our undercard, he said that a lot of people have a lot of free time right now on Sundays. And I'm thinking right now, I'm going to go crazy because really, I, I love the games. I really do. Oh, dude, football is the best. Football is the absolute best. And that's the hard thing is there's no great transition. I love hoops. I was watching hoops throughout the day yesterday. But it's just when you have so many teams get into March Madness, and you have over half the league get into the the NBA postseason, there's no smooth transition in terms of the importance. You go from the height of importance with the NFL playoffs to like, all right, can we at least get the championship week <laughs> with right. college basketball? You know, because it just it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. You gotta watch the game for the love of the game, but the stakes aren't high until we flip the calendar to March. I figured it out, and, and I love hoops, and I, I grew up in New York City on the playgrounds of Brooklyn, and I loved it. There was no real football to speak of as far as college football. The difference between hoops and football is football is more cerebral. Basketball is just athleticism, running up and down, jumping. Yeah, it is some chess match you know, strategies once in a while, but basically it's all football, third and one. What are you going to do? Third and two. That's why football is so great. It's cerebral. Basketball, it's just a great game to watch. Did you watch that Creighton-Xavier game yesterday? It's a tremendous I, game. Tremendous yeah. basketball game. I love it. It was, it was crazy with the with three the free throws for Creighton yeah. and then the makeup call with point three left. Oh, gosh. But, uh, I mean, look – Here's the thing. I agree with you, but you think about head coach Brad Stevens with the Celtics. That dude is cerebral. 
there's a lot of coaches in the NBA and there's a lot of strategy and matchups and what you run and how you defend, all that stuff. So I don't want to make it seem like you just roll the basketball out there and it's like, hey, whoever's better at making baskets is going to win. There's a lot more to it than just that. But comparing it to football, when you got the X's and O's and right. all of these layers of things that you can do game planning wise, there's just more opportunities to be cerebral in football. No doubt about that. And speaking of being cerebral in football, one of the stories really that took center stage as well in Super Bowl 52, where the hell is Malcolm Butler? And really and truly, oh. this guy played, according to Pro Football Focus, almost 98% of the snaps last year for the Patriots. He didn't feel the, he didn't even see the field for a defensive snap in the Super Bowl. And Belichick said he was benched based on football, solely on football. And then as soon as that happened, oh boy, the, uh, the floodgates opened up, the speculation, social media, that he broke team rules, he broke curfew. Some even went so far to say he was, a, he was involved in a drug problem. Look, if Belichick wanted to sit him, why waste a roster spot at all? I, I, I didn't understand that. I didn't know why the Patriots didn't come up forthright and have a news conference saying he's not playing, end the story, that's it. But it went on and on and on. Yeah, it's a strange, strange story, man. And it almost reminds me of grade school or high school rumors. But yeah, some of the yeah. stuff that came out about Malcolm Butler, if you don't have the goods, if you don't have it backed up and cleared by many credible sources, not like Ron Borges sources <laughs> from the, <laughs> oh, the Boston Herald story. It was amazing. We'll get into that. But I, it's like there was a rumor, Andy. I played in high school and we lost a football game my junior year. And there was a rumor going around that I was smoking weed under the bleachers, and that's why we really? lost the game. And I'm like, huh? Tell me more. Like, I, yeah, I've, I've never smoked before, and I certainly didn't smoke before a game under the bleachers. But the Malcolm Butler stuff reminded me of that, where it's just like, I don't know how some of these rumors start, where it's it's completely unconfirmed. You've had Belichick and Malcolm Butler come out and say, no, that's not true. It wasn't for disciplinary reasons. It's such a strange, strange story. But I don't know. I would love to know what the reason was if they thought that Eric Rowe would be nervous, the guy who ultimately took Malcolm Butler's spot, because the captains knew about the change, which is strange in and of itself, but the actual players didn't until right before kickoff. So I don't know if the play was, hey, Eric Rowe, he's going to be in his head. We just have to tell him before kickoff, and he reacts. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it was just so, so strange that they would make a move and go about it the way they did. This guy was a second-team All-Pro just two years ago, and Eric Rowe, his replacement, was on Alshon Jeffrey. Did a decent job, not a great job, but, you know, one of the speculations that I have read that maybe the Patriots wanted to sacrifice speed in the sense of Malcolm Butler for strength with Jordan Richards. Richards is like a 215-pound guy out of Stanford. And, and look, in the first half, you could say it worked because the Eagles attempted 23 passes to only 13 runs, so if Butler is in the game, maybe the Eagles aren't willing to throw the ball. So I see the logic maybe on Belichick's side, but I don't understand, A, how you bench a former All-Pro who won the Super Bowl for you two years ago, and number two, just don't tell anybody about it and say it's a football decision. He's your second-best cornerback right behind Stephon Gilmore on that team. It made no sense not to at least make an adjustment, you know? Like, Belichick is the king of adjustments, 
and they didn't make any adjustment. He didn't see the field for one defensive snap. Couldn't believe right? it. And right? That's a team that gave up over 600 yards in offense. The Patriots gave up 613 yards to the Eagles. And Nick Fools, who had a great game. Fools. Like, well, he's still fooling people <laughs> into thinking he's a franchise quarterback. But Nick Fools, he throws for 373 and three touchdowns. And Malcolm Butler doesn't see one defensive snap? How? How in the world can that be where you don't at least look at it and say, all right, uh, well, Eric Rowe just got beat there for a touchdown, and we're giving up yards up the wazoo. How about we change it up a little bit? How about yeah. we try this Malcolm Butler guy? It didn't happen. Like, that That defies an explanation that's reasonable. I'm not saying that the outcome of the game would have been different. Maybe it would have, but the point is this. I just scratched my head still today why he didn't see any action at all. And you go back, and I had to look this up, go back in time, because it's not the first time that Belichick really and truly kind of Cracked a whip back in the 2014 on November 16th. It was Jonas, not Knox, but Jonas Gray ran for 201 yards, 38 carries, right. four rushing touchdowns. Patriots beat the Colts 42-20. Gray was late for practice. And what happened? He was cut the next week. I mean, that's, that's well, I is. think he stuck around for a little while. Uh, but anyway, like he was there for the rest of the season, I believe. I'd have to go back and check. But yeah, he had the huge game against the Colts and then he was in the doghouse for the rest of the year and all yeah. of that. But this has happened for Belichick before. But I have a hard time believing as much of a disciplinarian as Belichick is if Malcolm Butler was late to a meeting where he'd be like, all right, you're not going to see the field in the Super Bowl with everything on the line. I have a hard time believing he would be that hardcore of a disciplinarian. I just don't even see that being the case. If that were even the truth to begin with, I don't see Belichick doing that. Do you sacrifice winning over discipline, number one? And number two, aren't you shocked that there wasn't a peep out of any one of the players passed the game about why Malcolm Butler didn't play. Not one player probably was asked in the locker room, I'm sure, after the game by media people. No one said a boo about Malcolm Butler. He should have played. He shouldn't have played. I didn't hear anything. Did you? The only thing that I saw was Brandon Browner, the former cornerback for the Patriots. He posted something on social media, and he was questioning Belichick benching Malcolm Butler and he's like dude what are you doing he doesn't see the field (laughs) and Dante Hightower the injured linebacker he liked the post but to your point that's about it I didn't hear any other player be like yeah I don't know what the hell was up with that I didn't hear much of anything so it does show you they run a tight ship over there with the yeah, Patriots. A little, a little different than the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we'll get to that a little later oh, on, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> Brian, right. now, Andy Furman, get us on Twitter. I know you got to tweet up your alley. I, I know you do. At the no-show. Up your alley. Show. You you've your... worried me for a second right I there. I know, I know. I had to catch myself. At Andy Furman, <laughs> FSR. Stop it now. Stop it. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You know what? Winning is great. But what about celebrating? That's next. But first, let's go to our guy, Ralph Irvin, for the latest. Well, thank you very much, Andy. And the latest means we're going to the Olympics because it's going on right now as they run the 10K, not run, the taking place right now, the 10K men's biathlon. Earlier, it was a Norwegian sweep in the men's 15 plus 15 cross-country skiathlon. I know. 
skiathlon. Make it up as they go. But uh, the Netherlands' Sven Kramer won his third straight gold medal in the men's 5K speed skating. The U.S. women's hockey team, a 3-1 winner over Finland. This all taking place overnight. Meanwhile, in the NBA on Saturday, New Orleans, a 138-128 double overtime winner at Brooklyn. Washington beat Chicago, 101-90. Dallas, a 130-123 win over the Lakers. Milwaukee takes out Orlando, 111-104. Golden State beat San Antonio, 122-105. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And gentlemen, one more Olympic note as American teenager Red Gerard earned his first gold medal and the first one for the U.S. in men's snowboarding, the slope style event. I'm sure they are rioting in the streets of small town Ohio. How do you like that? Thank you, Ralph. Thank you so much. Hey, we're going to tell you if it's all worth it. That's coming right up. About 31 minutes past the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman, of course. We want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Bronx Sports Talk in about 13 minutes. I can't wait. Either can you oh, be. Yeah. I know that. I know you love that. Oh, you really do. segment. Man. Hey, did you it's, get it's that really tweet? It's really growing in popularity. Yeah, right. Did you get that yeah. tweet from Missy R? Have you seen that tweet? I'm not sure. Which one are you talking about? Mi- Missy R said the tweet. Uh, Who? Uh, the, Missy R. That's her name on the Twitter. She uh, supports the show, man. She's a Colts fan. She, she really dislikes... Chuck Pagano. Right. <laughs> she made it very well known, at least as the head coach of the Colts. So she sent out a tweet about, about the email. She said there was an email sent to Colts season ticket holders. I had no idea. Quote, this is the email that was sent. We are thrilled to announce Josh McDaniels has agreed to terms as our new head coach. Josh is committed to working alongside Chris Ballard, the GM, and the Ursay family. I didn't know that. Wow. That's big that the email Dude, was already sent oh out. Oh gosh! Wow, it's such a That's mess, huge. man. Are you telling me? Are you telling me, Andy? Like you're there in Bengals land, right? And whenever Marvin Lewis decides he doesn't want to be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, because that seems like the only way he's not going to be the head coach right. of the Bengals. Like, imagine if the Bengals reached out to whomever they they were going to hire. And he was like, cool, I'm taking the job. And they're starting to hire assistants around that head coach. They're putting out all of these press releases. They're putting out all this stuff to social media. Hey, we want to welcome so-and-so as the new head coach. The emails to all the season ticket holders. And then he's like, nah, I'm going to stay here being the offensive coordinator of whatever previous team he's on. You're telling me you want to have a problem with that? You know, it's embarrassing. It, it's uh, you, you got to get the egg off your face, but it's happened before. And I think what makes it even worse right now is the fact of social media. I really believe that. I'm telling you, when Belichick did that with the Jets and he gave him a fax, it was like, okay, fine. And that was the end of it. There was a couple of stories, I believe, in the New York media. And it went on. But this thing went on for days. This was like a 72-hour story. It really was. I I don't know, man. It's like, look, it's going to be, okay, fine. We have access to more opinions with social media. That's the key. But look, it's, I don't see how it's much different. At least, okay, you see the the opinions out there a little bit more. but And you have access, sports talk radio is bigger than it was, you know, in other eras and things like that. But I mean, it, it's just, 
it's a bad, bad look for Josh McDaniels, no matter how you cut it. You're kind of like, eh, I don't think it's that big of a... Dude, he accepted the head coaching job of an NFL franchise. Okay, and the day before the press conference said, nah, I'm, I'm let, good. Let's I'm just going to stay you. here. Let's put it on you. Another radio network, which I will not mention names, will come to it's you. It's the and, NFL. Like that's me the compared to an NFL head coach is right. apples to oranges. Uh, you know what? It's though, not even it, close. If it happened in baseball, it wouldn't be such a big deal. It really wouldn't. It's the NFL. You're right. The NFL and social media make it big. If it was in baseball and a manager goes to one club and decides to renege, I don't think it's that big of a deal in baseball. I really don't. It's the NFL and social media. That's the key. Right. Well, dude, it's NFL has a lot to do with it, but you were just talking about the NFL being cerebral, right? And look, baseball managers, there, there are a lot of things, a lot of decisions they have to make. Pitching changes, do we go right. hit and run here? All kinds of stuff. But compared to football, it's not even close. I the agree. responsibilities of an NFL head coach compared to an MLB manager, not even close. So the amount of decisions that need to be made by a head coach are endless pretty much. So if you think you've hired your guy and he says, nah, I'm good, like that's a mammoth deal just based on that alone. Then you add the layer of the NFL being the king of the sports world. It's enormous. I can't believe you're yeah. treating this like, eh, big no, deal. It, it, no, 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 it, it's big. It's And you know what's big as well? I mean, the fact that his agent cut him loose and said, look, I have nothing to do with you. <laughs> that was huge. That was huge as well. I mean, his I, own look, agent I, was like, are you serious? Yeah, I'm, I'm not downplaying here. it. Like, I just no think way, that, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I tell you, talk about sports. We talk about sports all the time and being a sports fan. And we love sports. The enjoyment. It's an outlet after work. We have a rooting interest. There's local pride. If you live in that city, you want to see them do well. It's an entertainment outlet. What are you going to do for the weekend? Let's go to a ball game. That's basically what sports is all about. But when your team wins, like the Cubs in Chicago, like the Indians and the Cavs in Cleveland, and most recently the Eagles in Philadelphia... We honestly see something amazing. We see the bonding of a city. I, I don't. I don't want to get sappy over here, but it's wow. City gal- I, I'm hearing violins in the background. I know as you're it, saying this because Andy. this is what sports is. It's a city galvanized as one: blacks, whites, greens, Irish, Italians, everybody coming together for one cause, which is <laughs> wow. a sports team. It's, it's I'm big. hearing we are the champions in the background. It, I, it went from violin wonderful. music to like we are the, big, something though. that really spruce it up there. You know. But, but when you have a mob scene, like a parade in Philadelphia the other day, two million people, and some uh-huh. knuckleheads appear eating some horse manure or diving on awnings, <laughs> you know, and, the reports, and the reports came out after that, and I watched it on TV, and you know what the headline was? Only two people were stabbed. Only two. Now, yeah. Is, is it worth it? And I'm going to ask you, should these celebrations be stopped? I mean, really and truly. No, Because no, of the, the bad no. pub that you get no, from the celebrations. no, no. No, 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 no. You can't stop these celebrations. Look, it's it's unfortunate that any bad stuff happened. But, I mean, I got to fill in for Jeffrey Gorman on Friday. I, Jonas Knox must have had another shift to fill in for because I got to do some fill-in opportunities here is the way it goes. Anyway, I, I filled in for Jeffrey Gorman, and I told Steve, if we're doing the blind resume thing, Mm-hmm. You know, March Madness, and you compare two teams and do the blind resume. If you just rattled off the things that went wrong for the Philadelphia thing, the celebration, you're like two stabbings, a, a cop got punched, whatever. You, you rattle off all the things. A, a jumbotron got stepped on. <laughs> if you just said that and you said, name the city it happened in, you're not going to name Philadelphia. You're going to say it was like Jacksonville or Green Bay or something. For right. Philly, for those things, that was limited, man. You're talking 52 years and one Super Bowl finally for the for the the city and the franchise. 
So I thought they conducted themselves pretty well, considering. No, uh, look, I think there's always going to be a couple of bad apples and a couple of knuckleheads yeah. in any crowd. There's no doubt about that. And when you talk about news and people are going to say, well, how come they showed the horse manure? How come they showed the people on the awning that collapsed? Because news is basically something out of the ordinary. If you live in a subdivision, if you live in a cul-de-sac and there's eight houses there and the one burns down, that's the one that's going to be on TV. That's news, Right. So the things that are out of the ordinary get publicized. That's basically what it is. No one's out to get Philadelphia, but basically you got a couple of knuckleheads and they made the news. That's what, because they were different. They're oddballs. Yeah, but you can't do away with those things. It's, it's crazy, man. If you're law enforcement and you've got that huge of a gathering, there's all sorts of stuff that can go wrong, man. So you want to talk about head on a swivel? Goodness, if you're trying to keep everybody in line with something like that, think about it. You got people drinking, they're emotional, they're crazy, and you got the potential for any possible thing to go wrong. And for it to be that limited, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. But I will say I mean, this. You got, you're doing away with Jason Kelsey going crazy, you know, right, all the right. things that he was saying. You're doing away with a lot of good. The bad was very limited, but think of all the good of a city coming together and enjoying and celebrating. You can't do away with stuff like that, man. All right. I will say this, and I, I know you well. I know you real well because you're a tremendous sports fan. You go above and beyond. The fact that you drove from your home to see me in Cincinnati for a Reds-Cardinals game when the game was meaningless tells me you're you're a pretty emotional and a rabid fan. And you go from city to city various times during the year, Notre Dame football, whatever it may be. I can't see you climbing on an awning. All right, I just can't. I I don't understand what 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 is the click? What is the switch that goes on in one's brain that goes from going to a game to climbing on an awning or going on a pole when you're drunk? I don't get or eating manure, eating horse. Well, I, I don't get. That it. was that's one of the big keys when you're drunk. <laughs> like that's that's one of the the big prerequisites of hey, this would be a good idea. You know, when you're bombed, there's a lot of stuff that seems like a better idea than it actually is. So I think if you just had a breathalyzer, I'd say 90% of the people that are doing that stuff would blow at least a 0.15. <laughs> I would say that's probably the case. All right, now now I'm 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 okay. I'm convinced. Now now you got me, okay? And I'm sure everybody was loaded. Look, if I lived in Philadelphia, I'd be happy. Look, if, if that ever happened in Cincinnati, I'm sure they'd have a parade. I I don't see myself jumping on an awning. I, I as a matter of fact, I probably watch the parade on TV. I wouldn't even go to the parade. That's just the way I am. All right, I'd be very happy that the Bengals won a, a Super Bowl. Okay, have a parade, do what you got to do, and that's it. All right, I, I'm a different kind of guy. Maybe I, I hate get people. Get off the couch. I Andy hate from, people. Get off the couch. Come I on. hate people. That's join my deal. the party. Join oh. the celebration. Ryan, no, Andy Furman together every Sunday. We call it Fox Sports Sunday. And of course, we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. But there's one place where yelling is acceptable. And we're going to take you there next. You love the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me get a hell yeah. Bronx Sports Talk coming right up about 12 minutes before the top of the hour. Brian, no, Andy Furman. And of course, I got some great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. But now it's time to go to the East Coast with Sammy K. Let's get it done. Guys, it's time to channel your inner New Yorker. You are pathetic! 
We want to hear all the irrationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day. Up yours, you Here's something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio, hosted by the great Sammy K. Oh, guys, here we are at it again. How we doing, gentlemen? Doing freaking fantastic, Sammy K. Mm. Good. Glad. We're not yelling yet. It's not good. Let's get to it. Forget about it, Sammy K. Forget about it. All right, guys. All right, NBA point guard Isaiah Thomas. Let me tell you something about this guy. He's back and forth across the country like Lewis and Clark. Uh, he floats around more than a piece of doo-doo in a city sewer. Yeah, so IT made his LA Lakers debut Saturday. What's the end game for this guy? Is he just a pawn now to be moved about the country? Or is this guy going to win a championship somewhere? Brian? I'll tell you what. This guy has such a, a high opinion of himself. And he's a salary dump. That's what happened. He got moved to the Lakers as a salary dump. And he's thinking he's like this MVP candidate. It's like, get over yourself. You, Let me you hey, were wait, bum come on, in now wait 16, just a second. What, like 15 games with the Cavs? He was filling in for Kyrie Irving and did nothing. He's a Let bum. me tell you about this guy. First of all, you can talk all you want about him on the court. I'll talk about off the court. This guy is five foot eight, dripping wet, okay? Can't play a lick of defense. He's got a bad hip. He's got one leg. And he's got a bad mouth. He was thrown out of Cleveland. What does that have to do with off the court? He's a cancer. What are you talking about? He's a cancer in the locker room. That's why he's throwing the hell out of there. He's all over the place. Yeah, I, I don't know what that has to do with off the court. I think that has something to do with on the court. Oh, there, you're Andy probably Furman. right there. Okay, I'll grant you that. Okay, I'll give you that. He's a pawn. All right, let's move on. You Darvish. Yeah, for lack of a better term, he signed a huge deal with the Cubbies on Saturday. But let's remember this guy stumbled like a chump in two World Series games with the Dodgers. Once my beloved Brooklyn Dodgers, a long time ago, especially in Game 7. That was Game 7, he stumbled. How old are you, Sammy? Oh, I'm old. going Is this deal, my guys, is this going to burn the Cubbies down the road? Especially if they find themselves in a plence, uh, tense, uh, excuse me, tense playoff A plence. Listen to you. A plence. Not a read. A plence. That's what you got to do, really. I'll tell you right now, this is a great thing for the Cubs. And it's a great thing for baseball because everybody's saying this collusion right now. They're not signing the free agents. Well, they came out with the money right now. They came out with the big cash, something like $126 million Woo! for like five Show years. And I, hey, look, this guy, you Darvish, has averaged about 10, 11 strikeouts per nine innings over his career. He's going to the Cubs. He can only help the Cubs. Well, he I'm blew happy it for the for Dodgers. What? He, he blew it for the Dodgers. You're That's right about fine. that, Sammy K. But he's going to the NL Central, okay? And they're not fond of hitting over there in that division. Ah. So, no, he's not going to blow it for the Cubbies. Sad to say, because I do love the Cardinals. You know, of course, the Yankees. There's no hard, competition. The Cardinals, that's my true team. But here's the thing. For the Cubs, for the Cubs he's going to go over there, and he's going to have a lot of success. He's going to be a strikeout king. He's going to be mowing him down. I hate to say it, know. but this is a good signing know. by the Cubbies. You Davish, he's going to get it done. Yes, he will. I will see about that. Against bums like the Brewers and the Reds. Bums! <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, the uh, the Winter Olympics are upon us, gentlemen. Whoopee-doo-dah. So out of all the events on display in frigid South Korea, which one are you drawn to the most? 
You know, I'm going to take this one because there's a lot of choices here. I like the luge. I like the luge, and I said I'd like that snowboarding. The luge. Listen to you, the luge. It's the luge. The luge. What are you talking about? Yeah, the luge. The snowboarding I mentioned. Hockey I like a lot, but they don't show enough of it. But the curling thing. Name all the events. Whittle it down to the one you like the best, Andy. You know, I can relate to curling because I can have a couple of beers and a couple of peanuts and do some curling myself. Here's the number one event, okay? There's only one. It is speed freaking skating, my friend. Yes! Okay, they're yes! going around mock speed. You got to look out for the guy from, like, Korea or whatever. Get out of your mind. You can do anything, that on the But you got to look way. out for the guy from, like, Sweden that's going to accidentally clip you and take you out of the whole freaking thing. You're, You're trading, crazy. like, nine. Like, You're, You're crazy. You can like do that. Nine days you can do that on the thing. New York State throughway. You can and, do that on the throwaway. And then you can take it out by the guy from Finland or something like that. Anything. You never know what what's going to happen hey, in speed skating. What about skating? the biathlon where they shoot a gun and then they go they go skiing across oh, the don't snow. Don't get crazy now. Don't yeah, get yeah. crazy. Don't get a little it, crazy now. It sounds great, but no one's actually watching it. You're not watching it. I'm not watching it. Nobody's actually watching that freaking thing. You know what? No one wants to watch it. It's too cold to watch it. That's the problem. Really. <laughs> not, not from your couch. He may never see his statue. Wait till you hear this. That's coming right up right now. Let's say good morning, America. Yes, it's that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman, and welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Here he is, the genius of this operation. My friend, my partner, the one, the only, Brian No. Hello, B. How are you? Doing fantastic, Andy Furman. I am still editing nose picks from last week because I was like seven for eight or something like that at the end of the show. But the only thing that really will be remembered is me missing on Nick Fools, who I thought wouldn't get it done against the Patriots. He played a great, great game. He was fantastic. So I'm taking my medicine. There's nothing I can say. I will say one thing, though. The Corey Clement catch... That was not a catch, Andy Furman. You know, it's funny, but I I really appreciated what Chris Collinsworth had to say on the broadcast because he basically said, you know what? I don't know. I I mean, really. And I think 99% of America was in agreement. They don't know. They really, the NFL really has to address this. It's getting out of control right now. And then they showed the replay of the Calvin, uh, the Calvin catch, the the Lions back, uh, what, years ago? That started it against Seattle. Remember? That catch well, way back. It was, that Monday night? Yeah, Calvin Johnson against Calvin the Bears. Johnson? Yeah, Calvin Johnson. Oh, plays the Bears against it was. Bears. Yeah, I thought it was Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this was. Here's what uh, Collinsworth was saying. Check it out. I give up. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know. I, I give up. <laughs> I, I, if that ball's not loose in his arms when that last foot came down, I give up. It was loose twice, Andy. That's not a catch, man. It just it's wasn't, amazing. and that was a huge play. Tremendous play, it really was. But you know what? He's so on it. And you know, it's funny because after the game, I saw social media and Chris Collinsworth was getting ripped. I mean, really and truly ripped for no reason. And, no. and then finally someone, I think it was in Friday's New York Post, Phil Mushnick, the radio TV columnist, basically came to his defense and said, wait a minute, Collinsworth is right on. Yeah. There's no reason he should have gotten ripped. I loved it, really. I, I don't know why Al Michaels. Al Michaels was listen to both of them. Take a look here. Starts to lose control. That's out. It's out. Definitely. Like how, how is Al Michaels not involved in any of that? He was just as outspoken as Collinsworth was about that being incomplete. I think people who are afraid to attack 
the uh, the man Al Michaels. The, the the guy's got a lot of cachet to him. Where Chris, do you, you know, believe in miracles? Is that what it was? That's why I, I don't know because Al, Al Michaels. I think there's certain people that are somewhat untouchables in the world of sports. I, I mean, really and truly, all of them, but in the world of sports, untouchables. I mean, if Vince Scully would ever say something like that, you would never, you nobody would ever attack Vince Scully. But they they attack guys that can be, I guess, somewhat attackable. And then Chris Collinsworth, yeah. I guess, is somewhat attackable. Who has more of an opinion, really, than Al Michaels during the broadcast anyway? It was just, I know he's the opinion guy. He's the color commentator. I understand all of that. But if Al Michaels is essentially saying the same thing, like, yeah, yeah, that ball is moving, that should be incomplete. I don't know why all the venom is directed at Collinsworth. It's silly Amazing. to me. I, it yeah, was nuts. It, really it was, was incomplete. Nuts. There's no doubt about it. And that was Andy. That was, look, the Eagles might have gone on to win the game. Who knows? I'm not chalking everything up and blowing it out of proportion, saying that. The Patriots would have absolutely won. I don't know that. But at that stage of the ball game, it gave the Eagles a 10-point lead. Yes, if did. that was ruled incomplete, which would have been the proper call, would have been fourth and six. They would have had to attempt a field goal. So probably at best, it's a six-point lead midway through the third quarter. That's big, man. It's that's, a, that's a big, big touchdown that the Eagles scored. And it was the inappropriate call. It was wrong. You know, we could talk about bad calls. We could go back in time and talk about bad games on Thursday nights. You could talk about everything you want. I miss it! It went away. Oh, and today's yeah. going to be one of those days where nothing. I'd rather moan and bitch and cry about bad calls <laughs> and bad games than have no games, really. And look, you and I are on the same page. We love college hoops. We love the NBA. And you're going to have a lot of that stuff, I guess, in those picks at the end of the show today. But still uh-huh. in all, there's nothing that beats football. There's something about that game that's electric. It's exciting. There's so many things you could be doing. I mean, fake punts, runbacks. There's just so much in that game that other sports lack. They really do yeah but i wish people would say these same things when football is actually around yeah you're right everybody sounds like such spoiled brats where it's oh the ratings are down and oh this is bad and oh this and whining and crying and complaining and then football's gone and it's like i miss it nothing's the same as football and blah it's like why don't you say those things when football's actually around it's just when it's gone you miss it and you're like hey it is awesome let's see what they say why don't you say that when it's around instead of when it's just gone let's see what they say when the xfl comes around too yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's time, <laughs> it's time to put your, your head in your hands again, as Jonas Knox yeah. would say. Look, talk about football right now. Let's talk about the hero, your guy Nick Fools, or I call him Nick Foles. That's his name. Uh-huh. This guy's never going to pay for a meal or a drink in Philadelphia as long as he's there. Uh, he may even have a statue, but the sad thing is he's <laughs> never going to... No, they may build a statue for this guy. I mean, come on. First-time Super Bowl winner? Are you no, kidding? No. But he may never no, see he, it. I agree with the first part. He's not going to pay for a drink. He's royalty in Philly, no matter no what. Right. But he's not going to have a statue, man. Come on. Come on. That's going Maybe. way too far. There's not going to be a Foles statue. <laughs> that would kill you. Right no. next to the Rocky statue in Philly, right? next right? to Stallone, right? Like, no, yeah. come on. No. All no, right. no okay, no, no statue. But if he did have a statue in Philadelphia, he'd never see it because the Eagles are going to trade him. They have to trade this guy because if Carson Wentz is healthy to return to start next season, he probably will be for the ACL. That means one thing. Nick Foles won't play. The Eagles are actually in a position of power right now because the Bills, the Broncos, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Jets, they only quarterbacks. He's on the market. You sell your stock when it's high and he's pretty high right now. Yeah, I totally agree because if you spin this thing forward, you could sit here and say, hey, you need to have a legitimate backup quarterback. And I would agree with that. But spin it forward after one season. 
He's going to be a free agent. Why would you not get something for him while the value is at, is at its peak compared to holding on for him for one year where he might not even see the field as long as Carson Wentz is healthy? Carson Wentz is going to be the guy. Right. So it could be it's a it's a legitimate possibility that Nick Foles could be in there, not see the field and you lose him for nothing. Compared to whatever you could get for him right now, you might be able to have some team that thinks he's a legitimate franchise option, which he's not, but they could be seduced by the the great postseason run that he had and trade a second-round pick, trade a couple of picks that are very valuable. Yes, you absolutely move this guy right now. We're on the same page. I love this. We're holding hands. Kumbaya. Brian yes. Nolan, Andy Fry. I love it. And you know what makes him attractive? His salary. He's one of the cheapest starting quarterbacks. And I don't mean that in the sense that he goes to a restaurant and doesn't tip well. He's one of the cheapest, one of the least expensive, I should say, right? Because mm-hmm. he only makes 7.6 mil, right? But here's the problem. What happens if he's traded? I saw the parade. And some of these Philadelphia fans are out of control. What's the fan reaction if he gets traded? They may go ballistic. They may go crazy again. I don't think so. Because if you really think about the whole thing, I don't think Philly fans, they might come back years later. Let's say that Carson Wentz doesn't win a Super Bowl over the next five seasons. And they actually traded Nick Fools. I still say fools because we're spinning this thing forward. And he's fooling a lot of people into thinking that he's actually a legitimate franchise quarterback. He's not. He, he's a guy who got incredibly hot and was fantastic I'm for lucky. a playoff stretch. He's not going to be that guy over the next five, seven years where you build your franchise around him. He's still the guy who backed up Alex Smith and Case Keenum. Let's settle it down. But if they trade Nick Fools and Carson Wentz doesn't win a Super Bowl over the next five years... They might be saying, hey, why'd they get rid of that guy and we were doing fine and blah, blah, blah. They might second guess it down the road. But I don't think Philly fans are selling Carson Wentz short because they know he was having a legitimate MVP season before he went down. Oh, my friend, I tell you what, you take fans, I tell you what, you got to bring that, reel it in. Because I tell you right now, Carson Wentz in the opening game next year, if he throws three interceptions and they lose and Nick Foles isn't there, they'll be going nuts. I'm telling you, that's the way they are. They'll be going nuts. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. Say he throws two interceptions and they lose the first game. Hey, the Pats supposed to go undefeated last year and they lost their first game this year, right? It could happen. Remember, he's coming off an ACL. Yeah, but I mean, those are the unreasonable fans, and you, you could say there are a lot of them. There are these knee-jerk reaction, overly emotional fans. I get and it. the sports talkers it. and the radio but, sports talkers will do it. But too, you also you'd also have to compare that to what Fools is doing, right? Right. If he's right. gone and they trade him, it depends what he's doing with that new team because he could be stinking it up as well, which is the better possibility of that happening. But if he isn't doing anything, you would have to have two things combined, Andy. You would have to have Carson Wentz really playing badly. You'd have to have Nick Fools for his new team actually still fooling us into thinking he's a franchise quarterback and playing well. You'd have to have both of those things happening at the same time for you to really freak out as an Eagles fan. And I just don't see that happening. You know, it's funny. If you're a personnel guy in the NFL or a general manager, I mean, it's very easy for you and I to sit behind the microphone and second guess and just say what we would do. If your butt is on the line, if your job is on the line to make a decision for quarterbacks, Really and truly, you probably have some sleepless nights because, look, the other day, Jimmy Garoppolo signs a five-year deal for $137-plus million. I think it was $74 million was guaranteed. 
And this guy really had like a, I, I guess, an exhibition of like five games of a window of uh, of what we'd seen it could do. Do you take a Nick Foles if you could over Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, Garoppolo's no. got a great future no. ahead of him. I, I no. understand. We saw what Nick Foles can do. He had. Do his you chance. really think that you would sign Foles to a hundred and thirty-seven point five million dollar deal, seventy-four million guaranteed? He's not qu- even close. I'm with you, but that but it's a going rate. The average salary in the NFL for a quarterback is twenty seven and a half million dollars. And look what the Redskins is. They trade a third round pick, Kendall Fuller, a quarterback, to the Chiefs for Alex Smith, who's thirty three years of age. Thirty three. Come on. I mean, Garoppolo's got I mean, look, the age though. He's got the age. The Garoppolo thing is fascinating to me. Because this guy, he does look like the real deal, but it's such a small body of work. You can make right. a great argument right. that this dude is not what the 49ers are paying him, not even close to it. It might unfold that way. But I just look at it and I'm like, look, he was so, on the good side, he was so poised in the pocket. You could see a complete difference. This dude had a month to learn the playbook. He doesn't have great weapons around him. The team was 1 in 10 yeah, when there was he took no pressure over. To they're win. rattling off five straight right. wins. That's pretty impressive, you know? It was, but there was no pressure to win. There really wasn't. Well, I, it, well, I, don't, I don't get that. So it's just the 49ers that were out of playoff contention, right? Like, there's no pressure to win for any other team. That isn't in the in the realm of of making the playoffs. No, you right. No, like, you're of course exactly, there's pressure. No, but, yeah. you, but you hit it on the head that with the what what we have seen of his work, it's a very small body of work, and for him to be, I mean, he really right place, right time. He got a five year deal. Good for him. But I, who well, knows that's what's the thing. Like for anybody to say there wasn't any pressure, like there wasn't anything riding on it, the dude just signed a deal for $137.5 million. You really think they would be giving him a contract if he stunk it up in those five games? Oh, there's no, no chance. Doubt. I right? agree. So, like, I don't know why everybody would chalk everything up to, well, they weren't in line for a playoff spot, so there's no pressure whatsoever. I will tell you this much. Really? If he stunk it up, there's a real good chance they'd be going after Nick Foles today. Well, yeah. Well, who knows what they would be doing if he if he stunk it up? They certainly wouldn't have been giving him the deal they gave him. They right. might have franchised him, done something like that. But all I know is there was a lot riding on those five starts of Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's pressure. And he responded very well with lackluster receivers, not great skill position players around him. And that team went from a dumpster fire to rattling off five consecutive wins. That's pretty impressive, even though, no, they, there wasn't a playoff berth on the line. But there's more pressure than just that. you got to consider more than just that. Well, we have pressure here every Sunday. Yes, we do. There's pressure to put it on the line every Sunday. And you get us on Twitter if you want to comment. We'll read those tweets. We'll retweet them at the No Show, NOE Show, at Andy Furman, FSR, or 877-99 on Fox. That translates to 877-996-6469, or 6369, I'm sorry, 996-6369. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. The Blaine game coming right up in about five minutes. Alex Marvez will join us in hour number three. Bottom barrel betting in this hour, about 45 past the hour and those picks in hour number three as well it doesn't get any better than that but it's called a game but you'll soon agree it's a war the blame game is next the blame game coming right up 22 past the hour it's fox sports sunday he's brian no i'm andy Furman. we're live from the geico fox sports radio studios and the blame game brought to you by granger the products and services you need when you need them granger's got your back to help keep your facility running granger for the ones who get it done let's get it done 
Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for four or five rounds of blame game action? In all honesty, we don't know how much Andy has left in him. In the blue corner, former actor and microphone melter, the man with all the Scooby Snacks, Brian No. I have a gigantic bone. And in the red corner, you all know him. He paid Bill Belichick to come on his radio show. The man without a muzzle, Andy Furman. Face my mouth, Garcia. Touch gloves and good luck. All right, fellas. How's everybody doing out there today? I hate this game. Why? Why you hate this game? I always lose. <laughs> you do always lose. You have yet to win it in the three weeks we've. I don't win so any far. games here. Really, they're all fixed. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, bottle barrel betting might be a little different for you. Yeah, Who knows? I, I. All right, guys. So the NBA trade deadline was on Thursday, and once again, it didn't disappoint. Now, for the most part, it was just really exciting, even though there weren't really major stars being moved around like we've seen in the past. But it was just awesome to see the Cavs fire sale, and now we get LeBron. With a brand new, almost a brand new team for the second half of the season. And a lot of people couldn't believe what Kobe Altman was able to do in blowing up that roster. And especially since the first half, that roster pretty much failed to gel and whatnot. So I just want to know who's to blame for the Cavs' first half roster failing to live up to expectations? Andy, we'll start with you. Well, I tell you what, I was shocked because they basically got a redo. They got like six guys that got rid of Isaiah Thomas. I didn't even know Channing Fry was still on the roster. They got rid of him. <laughs> and then they get uh, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. They get Derek Rose out of there, Jay Crater, uh, Crowder, excuse uh, me. Crater. Uh, Crowder, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and they moved these guys out of there. But you know what? What it showed me is that LeBron James has so much muscle. LeBron James has so much power. He has that hook over management saying, look, you know, you don't clean this up and get me some players here. I'm out of here at the end of the year. I'm out of here. So basically, you want to blame somebody? I think it's a good thing for Cleveland. Why? They got younger. They're going to play better defense at both ends of the court. But more than that, they saved LeBron James for perhaps leaving Cleveland after this season. Look, here's the deal. You got to blame Teron Liu here for the first half failures. I think of a coach, think of Tom Thibodeau. Tibbs is yelling like a crazy person. He sounds like a mixture of Andrew Dice Clay and Sam Kinison. Just yelling for box out, switch, close out. He's yelling all of these things. Defensive commands. And yet, Teron Liu, what has he done? Does he preach defense? He's essentially like the Mike D'Antoni of the Eastern Conference. There's no way you can give up 148 points to the Thunder, have lackluster defensive efforts one game after another after another, and not lose your freaking mind about that and be yelling like Thibodeau on the sidelines. He's got to start it. It starts with with Teron Liu and with him being so passive while they were stinking to the high heavens defensively. I blame him the most. All right, all right. I'm looking around at the judges here. It looks like we have a clear winner in that first round. We'll tell you. Come well, back. I can the tell you who off. it is already. Oh, I can yeah. tell you. <laughs> so let's keep it the NBA real quick. So Isaiah Thomas, he was one of the Cavs traded on Thursday, and he had his first game with the Lakers. He got traded to the Lakers for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance, and he put up 22 points in 31 minutes last night in his first game in the purple and gold. That was coming off the bench, by the way. And we also saw Isaiah play crunch time minutes at the end of the game, so that might be. Some good news for Isaiah. He's, he seems to be coming back to form. 
But we all remember how terrible he was in, what, the 15 games he played with the Cavs. I know he's coming back from injury, but he never really gelled with that team. So I just want to know, who's to blame for Isaiah Thomas's lousy few games with the, with the Cavs? Brian, we can start with you. Isaiah Thomas. Like, who else would you blame but Isaiah Thomas? Like, he he didn't fit in. He was way too lippy. He was acting like he was a veteran. Who are you to come in and question Kevin Love? The guy had a cup of coffee with the Cavs. He ended up playing 15 games. What are you doing critiquing another teammate who's been there much longer? He's given these post-game assessments. He stunk it up. He wasn't shooting the ball well at all. It's all on Isaiah Thomas. Like, who would you put it on? LeBron? You can't put it on anybody beyond Isaiah Thomas for him stinking it up with the Cavs. Hey, Laker fans, let me tell you something about Isaiah Thomas, okay? The Lakers got two guys in Channing Fry and Isaiah Thomas. These guys have expiring contracts. Neither one of these guys will be in a Laker uniform after next year. So forget about Isaiah Thomas. Forget about the 22 off the bench. This guy is a cancer in the locker room. He was traded not so much because of his basketball skills, which he doesn't have many anyway. And you want to blame the defense on this team? You know, the Cavs won the other day, and they still gave up over like 140-something points. They couldn't play defense. The guy's got one leg, he's got a bad hip, and he's got a bad mouth. That's that's why they got rid of this guy. No good. And by the way, he claims he's six feet tall, five eight, soaking wet. Promise. Go. All right, all right. <laughs> the, the, the fire, the fire there. All right, the commands I, at the I, end. I Go. God. Go. All right. So, last question <laughs> will revolve around the uh, wonderful Winter Olympics that are going on in Pyeongchang, South Korea. The opening ceremony was on. Friday, it was a delay, though, done Friday night, because it was actually done, was it Friday morning at 6 a.m., and NBC replayed it at night. Now, the U.S. saw a 12% drop in viewership from the 2014 Winter Olympics to now, and I was maybe NBC was hoping to cash in on those, looking for new sports with the Super Bowl finally ending, looking for something new to garner our interest, but it hasn't been working out. The Winter Olympics ratings have been dropping the last few Olympics we've had now. So I just want to know, who's to blame for the falling ratings with the Winter Olympics, Andy? Oh, blame, blame the Olympics. I mean, really and truly, you could get 10 people off the street that couldn't name five events. I mean, really, come on. I, I watch it. I don't know the names of the events. i kind of uh, intrigued by some of them. No one knows when the events are on. Sometimes people even get the results prior to the event because of the tape situation. But really and truly, it's, it's a situation that comes around every two years. No one really cares. They, re- they, they root for the patriotism of the flag. They don't root for the event. That's what they do. So I'm not surprised. People have other things to do. They really do. Last night, for example, the Olympics were on. They had an NBA game on, and they had some good college basketball. And by the way, Kentucky lost their third straight. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Working in Texas A&M, I like <laughs> it. Um, uh, you know, it's, I would blame a combination. It's that college basketball and the NBA are going on. There are other options out there. There are a million channels out there. People have lives. And it isn't incredibly captivating. It isn't something that you can truly relate to. Who's been on a snowboarding half pipe before? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can relate to the Summer Olympics oh. a lot better. But but something else I want to bl- I want to blame the media. When did television ratings become like the Bible? Right? My goodness. That's all we care we about. We sit and spend so much time on television ratings. Unless they have plummeted off of the charts, Like, I, who cares? We make so much more out of it than we should. So I blame the media on this as well. Oh. All right. I like it, guys. So uh, we'll, the judges will convene and we'll uh, give you the results after the update here. Oh, really? How mm-hmm. do you like that? Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Hey, talk about fake news. We have it for you next. But first... 
Let's go to Ralph Irvin for the latest real news. Well, and you want to talk real news, there's nothing more real than the biathlon men's 10K. Yes, it is now a final Arnd Peefer from Germany, your winner. The big news about Arnd only comes from the home city of Jägermeister. So you can imagine <laughs> that they'll be celebrating there with that big win. Actually, the second uh, biathlon gold medal for Germany in these Olympic Games. Earlier, Sven Kramer from the Netherlands won his third straight men's 5K speed skating gold medal. And Reed Gerard. The 17-year-old won the men's slope style in snowboarding. The women's slope style competition was postponed until Monday. The U.S. won their women's hockey opener, beating Finland 3-1. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience in the NBA. Golden State was a 122-105 winner over San Antonio. Philadelphia beat the Clippers 112-98. Milwaukee 111-104 over Orlando. Washington beat Chicago 101-90. And New Orleans a 138-128 overtime, double overtime winner at Brooklyn. By the way, Isaiah Thomas making his debut for the L.A. Lakers. They lose in Dallas 130-123. Oh, thank you so much. And you know what? This could be a career finisher. We'll explain that in just about a minute. Brian, no Andy Furman. Of course, we want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easier to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Bottom barrel betting in about 10, 12 minutes from now. But now to our guy, Robert Dasmati, with the results of the blame game. All right, guys. So real quick, the way I scored it here, the first round, the NBA trade deadline, who's to blame for the Cavs, you know, first half failings. I'm going with Brian. Andy, I liked what you had to say about, you know, No, you didn't like what I had to say because I didn't win. You didn't didn't blame anybody, though. You just started talking. (laughs) I like the facts you put out there, but you never blamed anyone. So I went with Brian blamed Tyron, even though I do agree with Brian that Lou somehow is escaping a lot of the criticism right now. I blame LeBron James, but that's okay. Yeah, but you never said those words until right. what oh, ten oh, minutes oh. later, Andy. Oh, oh, okay. So you know, so Brian oh, gets the first round. So then we <laughs> relate it back to the second question. Isaiah Thomas. Brian got that one as well because of, of all course. the trash talk there. Uh, uh, you both brought up good points. It's kind of the same answers. So that's Partly on me for having a bad question there. Uh-huh. But then uh, the last one, Andy, the Olympics question, that goes to you. What? I do blame the Olympics. Yeah, they, it doesn't seem like they're marketing it well enough. And, um, yeah, so I had a 2-1 to one to Brian, though. So well, how's Sam- this? Next week, next week, I, I tell you what, you and Ralph will do the blank game, and me and Brian will do the judging. <laughs> all right. I'm fine with that. All right, Sam, what you got real quick? Uh, all right, guys. I, um, Way to cough into the mic. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cover your mouth, will you? <laughs> I give uh, Andy the uh, the point for the first story just because he said Jay Crater, which the NBA trade deadline left a giant Thanks. crater on the Cavs nice. roster. So, you get your you know, shoe out of your mouth. Point right there, yeah. I've had the shoe in my mouth the whole show. All right. And uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas, that uh, story, I gave that to Brian, and I totally agree. I think that, you know, he if he's a, a guy on a team full of nobodies, he's the guy. He'll score all the points, but when he goes to a team – with other big alphas, um, he's been kind of a, a pariah, I'd say. Um, and then uh, the third uh, Winter Olympics story, I gave that to Brian because oh. you know what? I totally, 
I totally I love the the points about the ratings and we need to just we need to enjoy these events for ourselves. We should stop caring about these ratings so much. I mean they should still carry some significance. But wait, time out if I may. Yes, I, I, absolutely. An, an objection, challenge please. me, challenge okay, me. Okay, the question was who do we blame? <laughs> who do we blame for the ratings going down? And he you're did, saying yeah, and you're well, saying we're blaming blaming the ratings. That's what you're saying. We talk about the ratings too much. <laughs> no. That's why we're blaming the ratings for I going just, down. I like so, the so point. your your no, logic no, is asinine. It is. No. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a black hole of logic here. But I well, did like the quickly, rant, though. I like Brian's yeah, I, I will say, Andy, you're misrepresenting my argument because I blamed a lack of relatability. Nobody's going on a yeah. half pipe snowboarding, okay? So I started I with like. that, that I and like. then I went and added a layer where I'm blaming the media for yeah, making media too much about for this. for putting all the emphasis on ratings dipping up or surging, and I like that, yeah. so I gave... Brian, the point for that one. We have to go to Ralph, right? Yep, Ralph. Tiebreaker. There you go. Well, no, no, it's not a tiebreaker. I've already lost. It's it's whether or not Brian sweeps the field or not. You two jackanapes has already got rid of all the uh, all the all the excitement. I thought Sam was going to go with Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Jackanapes. All right, what you got, Ralph? All right, well, the first one, the answer was LeBron James is to blame. No one said it. You're both wrong. Second one. Oh, I you, like how Ralph doesn't give anybody a, a ruling. <laughs> the second the was you both blamed Isaiah Thomas. You're both right. right. So you then we nothing. So then we go to the third where you both essentially blame the Olympics, but Andy did say that Kentucky lost three straight, so he wins. Oh, my oh, the gosh. Brian doesn't sweep. My guy. He's the my guy. judge. <laughs> He's like that, that uh, female Urban. judge in the boxing match between uh, was it China China Mayweather and Canelo. <laughs> the the judging it. logic on this, this okay. bit is very flawed, but we love like oh, it. Oh, man. I like yeah. it, though. Oh, there we yeah. go. You know what, though? He, it, Ralph's it, it, a wild card, man. If it we're tied 1-1 going to Ralph, well, just look at his shirt. Look at what he wears. What's gonna Next happen. week, he's going to give it to himself. Look at he wears to work. Yeah. Do you expect anything else? I mean, come on. Look at <laughs> Andy, that shirt. just mention random teams when you're arguing for something, uh, and I maybe will. Ralph will like it and give you the point. The Brewers are wild card. Nothing. You know what? As depressed as I get losing these games week in and week out, you know, the lovable loser I am, like the old Chicago Cubs, it can't be as bad as this Boston Herald sports writer. Ron oh, Borges. Uh, I mean, come on, tell me the story, because I can't believe it. Tell me the story, my friend Brian. Tell me. Well, okay, so Ron Borges, he writes for the Boston Herald, and he believed that he was exchanging text messages with Tom <laughs> Brady's agent, who is Don Yee. Yes. So Don Yee represents both Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy got this huge extension. So this <laughs> random person posing as Brady's agent, is telling the Boston Herald writer, like, yeah, Brady's not going to show up for training camp unless he gets a deal like Jimmy Garoppolo. And so the Boston Herald guy's like, really? Can I run with that? And the fake Don Yee is like, yeah, you got the scoop. And so he puts out this story, and it's totally not true at all. And so the guy posing as the agent, he sends in a screenshot of the text messages to a morning show at WEEI. They post the text messages with a tweet that just says, goodbye, Ron Borges. Like, see ya. You've been duped. Better luck with your next gig because you're out of here. I love just no sympathy in Boston.
You know, this guy, Ron Borch, first of all, he was catfish, which is great. So he didn't check his sources. That's number two. But number three, he was suspended by his previous employer, the Boston Globe, for plagiarism. You think uh. this guy's got a career now in, in journalism? He's gone. You know what? He'll, he'll probably be in talk radio in a week. Really? He'll be in talk radio. He'll have a show. You know what? Next Sunday, I see it right now. Ron Borges and Brian No, I'm gone. Ron Borges is in. That's it. I see it. How amazing is that? I mean, look. That is the the height of embarrassment. I know. You know, like maybe this guy, Ron Borges, he's plagiarizing. He's not checking sources. I don't know him at all. It doesn't sound like he's taking journalism too seriously. (laughs) But just to be duped that way, to have a screenshot of the text messages of some random dude Acting like he's Don Yee. It's hilarious to me. Now, how many people are going to be embarrassed just on that level alone, right? But how many people are going to start doing this to people who work in the media? Think about that. It's it's going to be a trend right now. You know, and now, and not only to, to dupe the guy, to make him look like a a1 schmuck on WEEI radio. I mean, it's one thing to dupe him, and eventually it would have come out saying it's not true, and that's the end of it. But now to humiliate him on the radio, which is the, yeah. the Patriots radio station. I loved it. I love the well, story. I really do. And the other thing of this is the guy posing as Don Yee. You got to think about this. How do you sound credible if you're trying to dupe a reporter? Because every text message, you could the guy could be like, "Wait a minute, this isn't Don Yee. Like this doesn't sound like this doesn't pass the smell test." You know, I could tell right away with most of my friends if they sent me a message, and I'm like, "That's not my friend." You know, so this guy writes, "Hello, Ron. This is Don Yee," and then he goes on. He's like, "I'm good. About to get this contract for Jimmy." Yada yada. He goes, "Busy, busy night. Brady is prepared to sit out all off-season team activity unless he gets a new deal with upfront money similar to what Jimmy got." This is the the key. This is the seller. The hook. <laughs> you know, let's put up to gun- you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Borges writes, sounds like I need to write a column today, question mark. And so the fake Don Yee goes, up to you, old friend. Shefty will probably have it by next week. (laughs) Boom! That is the, like, I gotta be first to the story. Like, Schefter's gonna have this. That was the clincher right there. To dupe Ron Borges. That Shefty's probably gonna have it in a week. Right. Let's put our gumshoe caps on for a second. Could it be could it be that possibly a member of the Patriots was the guy who duped him? Could it be? No, no, you don't think so. No, it, okay, I'm just it's supposed to be. It's supposedly this guy Nick from Boston. Nick from Boston. and yeah, so I, he must call in to Weei. He's probably one of these dudes that you know. It's like that guy that we get from West sports Virginia. writers. Yeah, Who's that, that guy? sort of thing. What's his yeah, name? What? Robert, for you what? Know the, the, the caller we get from West Virginia. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Richard. Richard from, Richard West, from Virginia. West Virginia. But he's only yeah. allowed to call once a month, so that's okay. <laughs> no big deal. There. That's great. I, you know what? And I, this story made my day, and I'll tell you why. Not that I want to see Borges or anybody else get, get catfished and make, make a fool out of himself, but, you know, I lose these games every single week. I lose the bottom barrel betting. You know, I'm, born to, I'm a loser. I've been a born no, loser. No, no, you're and stopping I, And I it. lose the blame game. It's okay. I, I can handle it. I got broad shoulders, but when I see this guy... He's going to lose his career. He's going to lose it all. I mean, really. I mean, he's the guy. They probably have faces of his, pictures of his face in various shops in Boston. Really. I mean, well, I mean, look, it's one of these stories where it's you can easily laugh at the guy and be like, yeah, that's ridiculous. But think about this. This could happen a lot 
of times to a lot of reporters where he's believing that he's texting with Don Yee. So think about that for a second. If you think you're texting with the agent for Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's saying, hey, Brady's going to sit out if he doesn't get a deal like Garoppolo. <laughs> you think you're talking to the guy, right? Like genius. That's your story. So This guy's Nick is a genius, really. Yeah. Think about it. Nick from Think Boston. We, man, he absolutely got him. Well, That's we'll continue rough. right now because it's time for me to lose another game right around the corner. Brian No, Andy Furman coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Now, this just may be the best sporting competition you're going to hear all day today. What? Bottom barrel betting is freaking next. Bottom barrel betting coming right up about 11 minutes before the top of the hour. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're live from the Goggle Fox Sports Radio Studios. We got this game to play. Let's get it done. Let's do it now. You thought you was late. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Yes, it is, and it's a proud service of GEICO. What does it mean when GEICO says? Just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Well, it means you probably should have gone to GEICO.com 15 minutes ago. Here he is. Here's the judge, the judge himself, Robert Dasmati. How's it going, fellas? Oh yeah! Wow, <laughs> that is some production that right there. That was in I like studio. It. I actually have the gavel in front of me. Ah, That's how that gotcha. works. Wow. Yes. Yeah, Are you works. wearing the whole like the robe or whatever? What do you what got under that, that robe? What's under the robe? There's nothing under the robe. <laughs> wow. That's how we do things here. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing under the robe. That's not good, man. That's, I know, I gotta do something okay. about that. Yeah, yeah. You may want to see a doctor. That's oh. a personal question, Andy. Oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, fellas. So. We have bottom barrel betting. Last week was our Super Bowl edition. I got to tell you, Andy. Yeah. I mean, tell we had me, another yeah. 3 and 0 this week. Yeah, I know. We and I know. It's it's pretty amazing and it's all worked out, but the winner was Andy Furman. What? Andy Furman went three and zero. Look at that! You gotta be kidding me! Oh my! Always complaining about you never winning. And Brian, no, yeah, you you took him out in every round. If we just real quick, we go through the uh, last week's stats. We had the over under. Yeah, Nick Fools, right? Over under two and a half combined turnovers for the QBs. There were only two, Mm. so Andy called the under on that. It was real. Brian, you didn't really miss out by much on any of these. But he missed out. Yeah. <laughs> look at that. Look at him. Now he's cocky. Now he's like going. But he missed out. Yeah. All right, does money. Yeah. Yes, the he's losing. He's a loser. Like All right, it. there we go. So over under five and a half penalties against the Patriots in the Super yeah. Bowl game. There was only one. Yeah, Andy that wasn't that. close. Yeah. And then yeah. the last one was the more combined rushing yards for the running backs or more combined receiving yards for the tight ends. The running backs had a field day with 277 combined rushing yards between the two teams. And yeah, the um, yeah. the Titans had 183. So yeah, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's a new week. Well here, done Brian. by Andy Furman. I know. Look at Thank that. Did, what did I do? Was I one and two or two and one? No, you were zero and three. Oh, I didn't get any. <laughs> I was trying to ignore all that at the doctor because I look at Andy. Excuse me. Look at Andy over there. What, really? So we disagreed goodness. on every single one. You disagreed huh? on every single one, and uh, oh, yeah, wow. Andy took it. Yep. So yeah. But now now we're, now we get to suffer with this for a week. But here we go. So today, 
There's no more football, so we're going to get into some NBA talk. The Cavs and Celtics are facing off for the final time of the regular season later today. Mm-hmm. And we get to finally see the debut of LeBron's new team. Clarkson, Nance Hill, and Hood, they're all expected to play. LeBron, the last two games, with virtually no help, has dropped a combined 24 assists. He had 19 in one game and 15 in Friday's game. So I want to know, over or under, 11.5 assists for LeBron with his new team today. Andy, we'll start with you. Under, under. I mean, that that's a heck of an amount of assists, really. But I think with the new guys, he's going to take control. And uh, as they say, uh, Batman and Robin, that's what his new teammates said. He's the new Batman, so everything goes through him. Right. I think that number's too high. Really? That's a lot of assists. Oh, yeah, man. I take the under. I go right. under on that one. Oh, he's been doing so well. All right. Next question, Damian Lillard dropped 50 points in 30 minutes on Friday, and now he takes on the Jazz. It's funny, as both Lillard and McCollum dropped 50 points in a game in under 30 minutes this season. The only two teammates ever to do it in the same season. So I want to know, they're taking on the Jazz later today, over or under 45.5 combined points for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum against the Jazz. Brian, we'll start with you. It's a good line. It's a good line. I like that. Um, I'm going to take the over. Portland's been playing pretty well. They were scoring like crazy, like you just mentioned, against the Kings. Uh, Jazz playing pretty good basketball right now, but I'll take the over. They're very capable of hitting the over on that. Yeah, I'm taking the under, and I'll tell you something else. Put an addendum to that. Damian Lillard will never see 50 points a game in his life again. Oh, wow. you're crazy. Wow. You're out of your mind. So you're both, both taking the over. Put your hand in your, in very your good head. Player. All right, all right. Crazy. The last NBA question of the day. We have the Rockets and Mavericks taking on each other in a nice little Texas rivalry. James Harden has destroyed the Mavericks all season long. James Harden has been pretty much the MVP of the season. And so, last question right here. Over or under one and a half steals for James Harden because we know how well he plays defense. Andy? Over. Over. (laughs) I'll go with the over as well. Really? All right, there we go. There we go. I tell you what, that's a good game. It may be a new look, though, but all eyes still remain on this guy. We'll tell you all about it next. We call this addition by subtraction. We'll get to that in just about a minute, but right now, let's say good morning, America. Yes, it's that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman, and welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part? Figuring out which way is easier. Real easy to do a great sports show with this guy. He's the man of the hour. My friend, my partner, the one, the only, Brian No, Hello, B. It's the hour of power, or the power hour. What's going on, Andy Furman? Great to be here with you. No football. I'm bummed about that, but we're rallying here, okay? You know what? You rallied. You did rally. I tell you, you say no football. I know Super Bowl 52 is last Sunday. We talked about it, and we have nose picks every Sunday, the last segment. We may move that because it's so big. It's so good. We're not going to do it at 45 past the hour, but you Uh had a great, a great Super Bowl, and I don't want to wait till the nose picks to hear. You got a little bit of a uh, summary of that, don't you, really? Yeah, now this isn't, and I hope you believe me, Andy Furman, because this isn't to try to save face. I was awful. I was so far off on Nick Fools. I didn't think he would get it done. And the guy threw clutch pass after clutch pass, and it wasn't just horrible defense. There were some tight windows. He played fantastic. I yes. take nothing away from him. So I was completely off the mark with that. I just find it hilarious 
that I was dialed in on nose picks and random prop bets, and I was hitting everything out of the park and was so hideously bad on Nick Fools. It's just funny. So that's why I put this together. Check it out. I like the over of 49 points in the ball game. I'll go with the Eagles in the first quarter. You're getting plus money. They're plus 120. If you're feeling really saucy, you could find one of these three-way lines where it's either the Eagles, the Patriots, or a tie in the first quarter. So the money goes up. If you want to go with the Eagles, it's plus 185 if you go with the three-way line for them uh-huh. to win the first quarter. Either way, you should look at that one. What do you like about that bet? 235 for Nick Foles. I said he would throw for 237. So ah. by default, I, <laughs> I would take the over. Over under of the jersey number wow. of the play to score the first touchdown. It's 32 and a half. I like the under. You got all these Eagles players with these low numbers. Here's a tricky one. Will there be a two-point conversion attempt? I would go with yes. I like Gronk over 74.5 receiving yards today. Think he has a great game. And Belichick's sweater color. Blue, gray, or red? I like blue. Andy, I was on fire and I screwed up Nick Fools, man. Isn't that crazy? I think you spent too much time like fantasizing about Nick Fools. I mean, the guy was like on your <laughs> mind. He's, wait, wait, he's, hold on. Fantasizing? Yeah, what does that mean? He's in your head. He's rented a condo in your head. Really, <laughs> that's all you talked about last week was well, Nick Fools, and that, and you still got him on your mind right now. Not in this like a death wish you have. You wanted to do poorly. You really do no, because he made no, you no, look no. bad. You want to no, you want to well, get here, back. Here's at him. the thing. No, no. Here's the thing. I, I do. I stand by Nick Fools is not a franchise quarterback. And that's mainly why I came up with the nickname. He's fooling people into thinking he's the real well, deal. He fooled he's the not. Patriots last but, week. But yes, yes, I'm getting into that. In a one-game scenario, anything can happen. And the Patriots aren't the 85 Bears. So I knew going in, he's capable of having a good game. I even snuck it in there where it's like, think about the Patriots' defensive game plan. How would you attack the Eagles? I'm sorry, how would you yeah, how would you attack the Eagles? Would you try to limit the rushing attack and dare uh, Nick to beat you? Or would yeah. you make life as difficult as possible for him and and like their biggest strength is their running game. So I thought that they might try to slow down the running game and dare him to beat them. And that's why I thought he might be able to have a good game. So it's it's not one of these where I guaranteed he was going to be awful. I guaranteed the Patriots are going to win. No chance the Eagles could. I just thought very strongly the Patriots would win. And I thought that Nick Fools probably would have a bad game. But he didn't. He proved me wrong. But over the long haul, you will see he still is fooling people who think he's the real deal. He's not well, that I'll guy. Well, I'll tell you this much. You and I hit it right on the head with Bill Belichick wearing the short sleeve blue sweatshirt. That's number yeah. one. But number two, you shouldn't be mad at Nick Foles. Be mad at Bill Belichick because I think if Malcolm yeah. Butler was playing right. cornerback there, maybe they wouldn't be passing so much and it would have been a different ball game. I really believe that could have been a difference. It would have helped. I really believe so. I don't know how he doesn't see a defensive snap. That's crazy because... Nick Foles was playing great, and I don't know how you don't make an adjustment and say, "How about we get the Super Bowl Forty Nine hero out there?" I don't know, just an idea, right. you know? Like, how, how do they right. not do that? That's amazing. But I'll tell you, Andy, it's one of these where 
I agree with you with Malcolm Butler, but it's still you can't take anything away from Nick Foles in that game because you had a, a fourth down conversion with just over five minutes to go. You know, like that was a huge play. He's making throw after throw. The Corey Clement catch shouldn't have been ruled a touchdown, but the unfortunate thing is all the focus goes away from the throw. That throw is in the middle of three Patriot players yes. right on he, he the money. He threaded the needle, baby. Yeah, he played great, man. You can't take anything away from him in that performance. Right. I will say this, though. As we close the curtain on the Super Bowl and the football season for 2017-2018, what would a Super Bowl be without a statement from the lovely Mrs. Tom Brady, the lovely Giselle? Right? Because after the mm-hmm. game was over, she was heard to say, quote, it was Philadelphia's turn to win. And I first have to say, who cares what she has to say? And, and, then, and then she came back and, and she kind of straightened it out. She's just to be clear, uh, no, not let anyone win. Uh, people win because of their own merit. Why does she have to say something? Why are we quoting her? And, and more than that, why do we have to go back and do the addendum of what she meant to say? I, I don't get it. She's always got a snoot in the thing after a Super Bowl. Really. She got into it with Julian Edelman, the, the last Super Bowl, didn't she? When she said something about him when they lost. I, I don't get it. Um, I really don't. Uh, I don't. I can't remember. She had. Yeah, it wasn't a Super Bowl because they well, won well, two of I'm the past sorry, three Super Bowls. Wes Welker. Robert Dunn. Oh, it, the drop yeah. against the Giants. Yeah, it was Wes Welker. Yeah, I thought it was a little while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, look, it's it's Twitter, you know? I don't know why we would look at someone and say, why are they chiming in with an opinion? You know, it's Twitter. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody can throw out whatever they want. So I don't have an issue with her throwing it out. I reserve the right to disagree with whatever anybody puts out there. But to sit there and say, why is she putting out an opinion here? Because she has a right to, and that's fine. But you can disagree with what she wrote. That's fine, too. No, wait a minute. You're the guy that's bitching about the media talking about television ratings, which I think is somewhat legit because their ratings go hand in hand with how much they charge for advertising. But now you're upset, and I'm upset about Giselle getting quoted. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Giselle's quote. I mean, here's the thing. You're upset about the media, when we talked about bottom barrel betting, wasn't Uh it? That you were upset about media publicizing ratings with the Olympics' lack of coverage whatever well, no, no no watching. no no just just to clear it up andy it's i have a problem with the media being fixated on ratings that's all you hear is that the nfl's ratings they live are and down die the nfl's ratings. ratings are down the olympics ratings are down the olympics ratings are down it's like unless they have fallen off the cliff it, like let's not make more out of it than we should that's all it's okay. just fixated right. on okay. too much. Okay, I, I agree with you. Okay, I'm with you right there. So we move on. That's the end of the NFL season. I'm sorry to say it. I'm hurt. I'm depressed because Sundays will never be the same again. But this NBA, right? Mm-hmm. This NBA right now. We talk about NBA. Got to talk about LeBron. And LeBron's team basically, honestly, have a revamping, a, a new look. They traded six players, right? Dwayne Wade's gone. Isaiah Thomas is gone. Derrick Rose is let go. Two future draft picks they get go. LeBron James was at his best as serving as the team's general manager as well. That's basically what he does. Really. And I, I, I don't blame them for listening to this guy. He's the greatest player in the world right now. And more than that, you know, he has an opportunity to opt out of that contract. And they don't want it to go. So they're going to listen to him. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a tough spot for the Cavs to be in because if you sit around and twiddle your thumbs and LeBron walks, 
they're going to point a finger and be like, you've got one of the best players of all time, and you're not going to try to make your roster better, which is clearly not championship worthy before the trade deadline. So they would have gotten crushed for that. They overextended themselves a little bit to try to appease LeBron James and sweeten the pot so hopefully he stays. So if he walks... You've mortgaged the future to a degree to try to keep LeBron around. They're going to get second guessed for that. So the Cavs are really in a tough spot, man. Really in a tough spot where they're screwed either way, essentially. If they sat around and did nothing, that's not good. If they overextend themselves and LeBron walks, that's not good either. So it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot, and they are a prime candidate to be second guessed when it's all said and done after this season. And what I don't understand, he was so excited about getting Dwayne Wade, his buddy, and now Dwayne Wade's back in Miami again, and they're, they're talking about championships again, the more in, in Miami because Dwayne Wade's back. It's, it's crazy. It really is. To go, Dwayne Wade goes to Miami for a potential second-round pick in 2024. I had no idea until the trade deadline was there on Thursday that the Cavaliers have the oldest roster in the NBA. So one of the things they did, they, they got their roster down age-wise because Hood, Clarkson, and uh, Larry Nance Jr. are all under 25. So I think that's a pretty good deal. Plus, they're going to play better defense with these guys. They're going to play better at both ends of the court. So I think the Cavaliers bettered themselves in this move. And really and truly, as far as the Lakers are concerned, when they're moving Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance to, uh, to the Cavaliers, they get Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye. Those guys won't be around next year anyway. Their contracts expire after this year. So I think it worked out well for both teams. Right. It's, yeah, it's crazy where Isaiah Thomas went from a legitimate MVP candidate. He was awesome with the Celtics last season. Right. His fourth quarter's just going off, averaging just under 29 points a game. And he went from an MVP candidate to a salary dump from the Cavs to the Lakers, right? Like, it's amazing. And, 15 and a malcontent. And a yeah, malcontent, and just, too. He's not completely healthy with the hip injury, but that's one of the other things that stood out with all these moves the Cavs made. You think about Derrick Rose who got traded to the Jazz and then waived. You think about that guy. He's an MVP back in 2011, Rookie of the Year. He had the torn ACL and a lot of other injuries. And you just think about what could have been for that guy. He was so explosive. I used to say he was like Adrian Peterson. Remember when Peterson was at his peak and just running over people? How explosive he was. That's how Derrick Rose was attacking the rim. He was amazing. And his career got derailed mainly because of injuries and some commitment issues. But I think about Derrick Rose, those injuries, the injury that Isaiah Thomas is trying to heal from with the hip. And I I compare that to LeBron James. It kind of comes full circle if you clump everything together. LeBron, all the things that are mentioned about his greatness, durability doesn't seem to be mentioned as much as it should be. Because you're looking at Derrick Rose, Isaiah Thomas, there are plenty of other players where they're just not able to stay healthy. And LeBron, I've seen him, I don't remember a a playoff series against the Bulls where he sprained his ankle. His ankle, he landed on someone's foot and it literally went sideways. Like his ankle is touching the floor. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think he's done. He came back that game and hit a game winner. And I'm like, this dude has bionic ankles. So the durability of LeBron James really helps separate him from other star players. And Derrick Rose and Isaiah Thomas would just be a couple of examples of many guys who can't help the club from the tub, right? You can't help the club from the tub. And LeBron James is always, always healthy. That's a great point. I mean, that's a great point. But did you know that Channing Frye was still on the roster of the Cavaliers? I had no idea until they traded him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really? Come on, man. And the guy was the a heck of a three. You got to watch the NBA. No, yeah. I do. He doesn't play. He doesn't get a whole lot of... He doesn't play. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I saw he him play He didn't get a lot year. of time. 
He, he's yeah. a tremendous three-point shooter. Got good percentage with three. His minutes got bumped up after Kevin Love went down, though. You yeah, know? a little he's bit of some did. action in there. But yeah. still, in all his days, they're behind them. I mean, still in all that yeah. that roster was old. It was they couldn't play defense, and you know, you hit it on the head also with that coach. I'm sure that Tyron Lue is, is on thin ice as well. I, I think I'll make it through the end of the season, but depending upon how far they go. And remember, you know, they're not really the favorites to win or even be in the finals anymore. I think Houston right now is way ahead of Cleveland Cavaliers. If you're going to do a, a power no. structure, you're going to be a no. power structure in the NBA, Golden State's number one, no. the Houston Rockets are two, and then maybe Cleveland three, maybe. No, no, no. Here's oh, the, there's on. a difference. But no, listen, there's a difference between power rankings which, of course, the Rockets would be ahead of the, the Cavs yes. right now. Yes. There's a difference between that and who's more likely to be in the finals. Oh, okay? yeah, okay. Those are two okay. completely oh, separate the, things. the East is a dumb fight. That's, yeah, you're right. right. Oh, I agree. Right, and but, you got the Warriors in the West. Like, So I think that absolutely the Cavs have a better shot to be in the finals than the Rockets, even though right. the Cavs would be under the Rockets in the power rankings. But you know what? Boston could give them a run, too, in the East. Of course they can. Yeah, Boston's we'll a very good team. And they play today. I'm looking forward yeah. to that game. Right. And, and Paul Pierce is getting his jersey retired today, so you know Boston's going to go crazy. They'll have a big big fan base over there today, as they always do. be a lot of emotion over there with Paul Pierce and you know, from the Pierce. You know. Yeah, so we'll and, see what and by the way, think about this, Andy. The whole to-do was about Paul Pierce didn't want a tribute for Isaiah Thomas, right. the former Celtics. Him. He's not even on the Cavs anymore. I, I, like that turned out I, I, to be a complete moot point, is it? But I don't blame the guy. Forward. You know, it's it's yeah. my day. You're putting my jersey up in the rafters, and you're going to have like a video tribute sure, to Isaiah sure. Thomas. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I got that. It's just it's amazing how big of a story that was. Where Jalen Rose said that he was being petty, and some people thought that Paul Pierce was being petty, just wanting the whole day to be his thing. I get that, but it's just funny that. That that's how bad it went, the marriage between Isaiah Thomas and the Cavs, where right. he isn't even on the Cavs, I and he's it. not going to be in the arena today anyway. Let me just say one thing. We're being petty. I mean, guys have days in baseball, basketball, football. They never share with anybody else. Why Jalen Rose would say that is beyond me. Being petty? Jalen Rose, would you want to share your day with someone else? That's the most moronic thing I've ever heard. Really. I don't think petty. it's moronic. It's yeah, like, it's look, his man, day. Yeah, it's his day. It's fine, you know. But I mean, would it take away completely from Paul Pierce's if it day? Takes like you would remember it if they show a video tribute to Isaiah Thomas? Uh, First no. of all, Isaiah Thomas doesn't deserve a video tribute. Really, he does. He does. Come oh, on, man. He played. On. He was in the playoffs after his sister died a couple of days prior. I yes, I he remember. was amazing. He was an MVP candidate, Mr. Fourth Quarter, just under 29 points per game. So yeah, video tribute for him. Yeah, of course. Like, okay, so let hey, the man. Eagles do a video tribute to Nick Fools next year too, okay? <laughs> Fine. Do the same thing. They're my guy. They're my guy, Brian. No. Hey, let's get some Twitter action right now. At the No Show, at Andy Furman, FSR, 877-99 on Fox. Let's get a call in here too. Richard! Richard from West Virginia. Oh, they wow. lost again yesterday. West Virginia lost again. I can't believe it. 877-996-6369. We are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. But don't look now. But there's a shift in the power struggle. That's next. They won and they didn't even play. We'll explain that in just about a minute. 22 minutes past the hour, bottom of the hour, the chic Alex Marvez will join you. And it's Brian No and Andy Furman brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need. When you need them, 
Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. My man gets it done. B, no, how are you? You got some tweets. Andy Richard Furman, I do. Wait this a minute, just a Scott. second. The, the B, no, it's B, period, no. That's your name, right? So is Andy Richard Furman. So I'm just saying your name as well. Scott checks in and says, people like No can complain that the Clement catch, we're going back to the Super Bowl, right? Right, right. Wasn't a catch, but that's the NFL's fault. No one knows. Fix the rule and explain it. Andy Furman. My goodness. Here's the what? thing, dude. All right. What? This drives me crazy when people make it out to be the NFL's fault about the catch rule. There are plenty of times where it is. It's just not easy to understand or to anticipate how it's going to be ruled. But this Clement catch, which I believe should have been incomplete. I agree. That's not the NFL rule book's fault. Okay? We know that you have to have two feet down with clear control. Nobody is like baffled by that rule. They know it's two feet down control of the football. And you played you a sound for Chris Collinsworth who said he didn't have control. He bubbled the ball. Right. He did bobble the ball. But that you see, like that's that's the the judgment call where they went under the booth and in their opinion, he demonstrated control. I would disagree. Collinsworth would disagree. You disagree too, right, Andy Furman? Correct. You think that was incomplete? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's it's varying opinions. It's not about the rule itself. It's just how you watch that play unfold. You see what I'm saying? Correct. It's like a lot right. of people point the finger at the rule when they shouldn't. Like It's just a joke where a lot of times they make it out to be the fault of the rule when it's not. It's just varying opinions on whether it was a catch or not. Yeah, that play certainly did not have anything to do with the rule because he juggled, juggled the ball. If you juggle right. the ball, you don't have possession of the ball, hence no catch. Yeah. Right? Right. But if you said, oh, it wasn't a ball, he's just tucking it, that's your opinion, I disagree with it, but that's fine. It's not the fault of the rule itself. So stop making it out to be the fault of the rule. No doubt about that. By the way, asking you shall receive, our good friend Richard in West Virginia wants to talk to Brian No and Andy Furman on Fox Sports Radio. Rich, how are you? What's wrong with the Mountaineers? They lost again yesterday. I don't know what's going on with them. Bob Huggins promised to make this state uh, feel good about itself, and uh, I don't know what's happening there. Is he ever going to make it happen? Who knows? I'm not really sure. It's uh, disheartening, but, uh, you know, that's just West Virginia's what we're used to. We're used to losing or laughing about everything, so that's just the way it goes. But the one thing that interests me, I'm listening in the last hour, and I hear you mention Richard and West Virginia's allowed to call once a month. Then I was over there washing my bowl cereal bowl, and this few minutes ago, and I heard you say Richard in West Virginia again. I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> what is interesting? I mean, you give the number out one eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox for people to call oh in. Oh my gosh! See, this is why you're limited to once a month by Andy Furman. Because you here. don't you call it, and you just complain. You don't say anything. You just complain. Right, right. <laughs> I could right. say something, but I'm just wondering why it is. Then that you say my it. Name then, up. then they'll decrease the limitations Jeez. on your calls per month. Here, just say something. It's for not once. a bitch session. It's to make a point or counterpoint about the world of sports when we're talking about the subject matter. Okay, so as far as the Olympics go, 
the one thing I like the most, I don't know the lose and all that, I don't care. I love to watch that speed skating. Because the speed skating reminds me, reminds me of one of my favorite sports, roller derby. And I was just like, I wish speed skating was like roller derby where they would just hit each other and knock them around. That would make it a lot more interesting. But there speed skating. Is something good to watch. Okay, let, let's hit the See, speed dial and hang fine. up on this guy. He made a point. Good. Yeah. That, that's but your he made sport. A point. He finally made a point instead right. of spending all the time complaining about however yeah. long he was on hold or what have you. So that's all he's got to do. Just stick to making a point. It's all good. I like let, the let idea me, of let roller me do derby speed skating. Yeah. I like it too. Let me do the complaining. Can I complain because I had the college football signing period number two the other day, right? And I'm seeing these kids like wearing hats from one school, taking the hat off with a shirt from another school. I mean, could we stop this already? I don't think an 18-year-old kid should have a news conference to decide what college he's going to. I, I, I'm so totally against that. It makes me want to stick my finger down my mouth. It really does. I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't know what your take on is that, but I just think to, to have a, a pomp and circumstance of a kid announcing what college he's going to on national television. Television, that's ridiculous. To me, it is. I mean, it's it's the ultimate. If you don't like it, don't watch it. To me, it's, you know, it's a kid who's a high recruit, and he picks his school, and he puts a hat on, and a lot of times it's cool where his family's around, they get excited. It's, a lot of times it's fun, you know? I don't have a problem uh. with it whatsoever. Some of the okey-doke stuff is ridiculous, where they're like, they go for one hat, and they're like, psych, I'm going right, to right. Ohio State, yeah, baby. Like, what? Come on, man. Some of that stuff is just played out. But the concept itself, it's all right. No uh. problem with it. Well, I tell you what, if you're a fan of the Georgia Bulldogs, you know, you may be upset about losing the national championship to Alabama, but they beat him up as far as like what we're seeing in this twenty-four-seven-sports.com. Uh, they claim that Georgia now had the best recruiting class, which really and truly means nothing because I'd like to see what they say three, four years down the road. But according to what they said right after the recruits were done and signed, sealed, and delivered, they said Georgia had the number one recruiting class. So I guess they're all going crazy in Athens, Georgia now. Well, look, man, it could mean something. I think the odds are better than not that Georgia's in the best possible position going forward, right, with that recruiting class. So, No doubt. Like, here's the thing. Sometimes, don't, don't rage against a, a counter-argument to the point where your argument doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, if they make this huge deal out of recruiting, and it's like, oh, the number one class, and blah, 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 and they just, <laughs> and you're tired of it, and you're like, it doesn't mean anything. Well, that doesn't make sense, okay? Like, don't go completely the other side to where you're not making a rational d- argument. It no, doesn't no, you're, make you're sense right. to say it means nothing. No, no, it, it means something because obviously these are highly recruited athletes that have some potential. But I'd like to see, in fact, a follow-up three, four years down the road. The same thing with the NFL sure, draft. Sure. These mock drafts, they say this guy, this guy, this guy, one, two, three. Let's or the see grades. What they, where yeah. they project. Let's see what they do down the road. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not poo-pooing it because certainly these guys have been watched by other scouts with a keen eye and they've given ratings of three, four, five stars, whatever it may be. So you're right. No, you're exactly right right there. But I think the biggest story might be in Michigan, you can't hide a team that goes eight and five because I think the honeymoon, at least to some extent, for Jim Harbaugh may be coming to an end. 
Well, he's got to start winning, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start winning ball games at some point here, and and beating Mich- Ohio State would probably be a good idea as well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, and uh, Michigan State also because Mark D'Antonio has done a great job against Michigan as well. So, yeah, Harbaugh's got to start winning some games, man, because people are getting uh, their patience are, are waning. There's a no doubt. Fidgety. So. Yeah, they're yeah, getting very go. fidgety with the money he's getting paid and not being able to do anything against Michigan State or Ohio State and the overall win-loss record not being where they want it. you got to win some ball games, man. All right. We're doing some winning here every single Sunday. Brian, no Andy Furman, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. But here's the question. Did the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Patriots at their own game? Alex Marvez, the Sheik, has the answer for you next, but... Let's go to Ralph Irvin for the latest. The latest is history in Pyeongchang, gentlemen. That is because Chris Master of the United States earned the first ever medal in men's singles luge. He earned the silver medal just a couple of minutes ago in, again, the men's single luge. Also in the women's freestyle moguls wrapping up the medal competition today, Perrine Lafon from France winning amongst the snowstorm in Pyeongchang. Earlier, Red Gerard, 17-year-old, won the U.S.'s first medal, first gold medal as well, taking the slope style of the snowboard competition. Saturday in the NBA, Milwaukee was a 111-104 winner at Orlando. Washington won at Chicago, 101-90. Dallas beat the Lakers, 131-23. Golden State had six players in double figures. They beat San Antonio, 122-105. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price that you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And as pitchers and catchers get set to report, the next week to Major League Baseball camps. Hugh Darvish signed a three-year deal with the Cubs worth $38 million. Several Houston Astros said they saw that one coming. All right. Thank you, Ralph. Have a great rest of the day. We always appreciate your golden tones. Alex Marvez coming right up. Brian No, Andy Furman, Fox Sports Sunday. And I want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And in about 10 minutes from now, Brian No has his picks. And I know you don't want to miss that. But right now, let's go to the Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline. The one, the only, the chic, the man who knows the NFL better than most and all. Alex Marvez with Brian Noah and Andy Furman. Hello, Sheik. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Hopefully you two have already medaled this morning at the Olympics, uh, you know, to help this great country of ours. Uh, I would figure some sort of event, the biathlon or the marathon or whatever's being run over there. I just, I'm just, i proud of you guys. USA, USA. Thank you very much. Before we get into the heart and soul and the meat of football, tell us your experience in Minnesota last week. You know, it was cold, as everyone knows. People were very nice, but it was a Super Bowl that was split. In other words, you had people from the, the NFL were down in downtown Minneapolis, which was a very difficult place to get to, as opposed to the mall, which was, okay, the Super Bowl teams are there, and you had people, you know, do the media rounds there, but you didn't really get to, you know, it wasn't like a, a real Super Bowl experience. It was sort of like inside a mall, if you know what I mean. Again, nice people. Um, the Super Bowl's not coming back there, though, anytime soon. It's 
just really not a city that that's equipped to handle that type of big game. But the one thing they did do is that they built a stadium, and the NFL rewards those that get the public to fund these types of stadiums, bringing a Super Bowl to their town. Thus, we have Minneapolis and where I am today, Atlanta, hosting a game again next year. People thought the league would never come back after the great ice storm of 2000, but they are here once again in you know having the Super Bowl back to Super Bowl 53 in 2019. Alex, some people have the audacity to revoke goat status from Tom Brady after he threw for 505 yards, three touchdowns, <laughs> and they came up short because their defense stunk to the high heavens. Your official up-to-the-date goat rankings for the greatest quarterback of all time, who's number one right now? It's still Tom Brady, and that was an unbelievable performance, right? In fact, if I'm not mistaken, according to Ruben Frank of uh, NBC, uh, Comcast, or whatever they want to call that group now in Philadelphia, he's the first quarterback to lose for throwing that many yards in a game and, and combine it with the 600 rushing yards that or 100 rushing yards or so that the Patriots assembled. I mean, this is the first team to lose like that. This was totally a defensive collapse. You really couldn't ask much more for Tom Brady. It, the, the turnover on his part was really more Shaq Mason, the right guard, missing a block more than anything else. And Brady, the fact that they had a chance to win on the final play, are you kidding? I think that speaks to the greatness of this guy, that, that he got the Patriots even in position after that terrible play on the kickoff return to just have a shot at, at, at winning this. No, he was unbelievable in that game. In fact, I think, you know, you look at it, it, it was arguably his best Super Bowl. I mean, he had never played mm. that well. I mean, think about it, right? I mean, you know, against Atlanta, yeah, it was great in the second half, but they were behind, and the pick six that through. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. was basically just nonstop great, and unfortunately for him, the, the rest of his teammates on the defensive side of the ball didn't hold end up to their end of the bargain. Alex Marfez, did the Philadelphia Eagles take a page out of the Patriots' playbook last week? Because we read a report they did a fake walkthrough the day before the Super Bowl. Well, they, if, they, if they took a page out of it, I think they tried to actually – the better way to put it, Andy, I know what you're trying to say here, would be that they had read that book on the yeah. Patriots. Okay, yeah. they, they decided that, yes, maybe we will put things out there just in case somebody is watching. And, you know, listen, the, the Patriots did this to themselves when it comes to the embarrassment of, you know, the, the taping scam, the Spygate situation. Let's not forget, too, Josh McDaniels got caught illegally taping while he was with the Denver Broncos. Uh, so – it's not like this is the first for people in that organization and how that goes. So I, I can't blame the Eagles one bit for the subterfuge. And, you know, the fact that they were able to practice the, the Philly special play inside a ballroom will tell you, okay, you know, first, we're, we're that confident we can execute it on the field going at full speed. But also, let's keep things in-house. Let's make sure that none of our stuff gets out there. And clearly, they did that by stunning the Patriots with one of the great play calls in Super Bowl history. So I went out on a limb and said Nick Fools was fooling everybody. I didn't think he was going to play as well as he did in Super Bowl 52. He had a great game. I still think he's fooling a lot of people into believing he's a franchise quarterback when he's just an average guy. With all that being said, what do you think the Eagles do with him? Do you think they move him when his value is the highest? Well, I think they I think they'll field calls and they'll see what teams want to say, but let's forget too, Nick Foles number one in the final year of his contract, so he's got some say as to where he goes. And I think, you know, what what you talk about is is very legitimate, Brian. I mean, they built a system here on on, you know, play fakes, run pass options. You give a lot of credit to John D. Filippo, who is now Minnesota's offensive coordinator, and you give credit to Frank Reich and, and Doug Peterson for changing the way that they did things to take advantage of some of Nick's strengths. Now the the question then becomes 
okay, is Nick, if you put him in another type of offense, is he going to go back to being the type of guy that fooled the Los Angeles Rams or St. Louis Rams? Remember, they, they traded for him. They signed him to a big contract. And that didn't pan out for them. He didn't do much with the Kansas City Chiefs, even in a West Coast-style offense. He couldn't beat out Alex Smith for the job in 2016. The other thing we have to consider here as well, Carson Wentz, is he truly going to be ready to start the season? I mean, the Eagles are looking at this like, we have a complete team. We have the ability to compete with this type of defense, with the offense that we've assembled, the running back rotation we have, and I'm sure some more bells and whistles being added this offseason through the draft and, and potentially pre-agency a couple pieces here and there, or trades because Howie Roseman isn't afraid, but they should be able to compete once again to get back there. Does trading Nick Foles really help them get there if they don't know what Carson Wentz is? Because there's no other answer at back of quarterback for them. So, thus, I, I, I mean, I really believe, unless they feel that Nate Sudfeld is ready to come in and start week one and, and help them win, I think that Nick Foles ends up staying but they're blown away by a trade offer, hey, you got to listen and you may have to make that move. Alex Marvez, it's the tagging season. They'll talk about quarterbacks right now. All eyes are on two of these NFL quarterbacks, Kurt Cousins and Case Keenum. Where do you see their landing spots? Uh, you know, Kirk is, is fascinating to me because I think ultimately one team will step up and sign him. And listen, I, I, I've i just heard a lot of talk out of Washington. Maybe it's sour grapes, but, you know, being around some people this weekend, it's like, you know, Kirk, maybe not the most universally loved player in that locker room because there's been a lot of me with Kirk Cousins, like pay me, you know, rather than the team and the success like that. So I, I find that a little bit curious. You know, look, with, with Jimmy Garoppolo setting the market now at, at $27.5 million a year and $86 million guaranteed over three years, we're going to see now that's the starting point for Kirk Cousins. And do we get a team that's maybe desperate for a quarterback? You look at the New York Jets. They're not drafting in a spot that's necessarily ideal to get a quarterback. If they're not in love with one of these guys, do they decide to, penny, to pony up and get him? You know, the Arizona Cardinals, they're stuck. They draft down in the late teens. Would they pony up to get him you know buffalo what are they doing there you know they've got two first round picks they can move up but they're in desperate need of a quarterback tyrod taylor's not coming back at 18 million so that's that's that situation for case keenum it's, it's interesting you know because you bring in john de filippo uh, so the question becomes you know okay are you going to run more of this eagle style offense or are you just going to continue what pat Shermer was doing uh, with his type of west coast system how is this all going to play out I think Keenum comes back, but you know what happens to Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, this is the dance that's going on here, and I am fascinated by it. I'm still seeking clarity as to whether it's going to be Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think it can be both. And by the way, we won't find out about Teddy Bridgewater until a grievance is heard that is trying to find out his status. If the NFL, if the arbitrator rules the case that he was that he was basically the Vikings get an extra injury year on his contract based upon him being on the PUP list. This, this past year, then you know what? It's not even a question. Then they probably go with Teddy Bridgewater, may let Case Keenum walk at that point, and just hope that they, that Teddy can regain the form that they that had them fall in love with him entering the 2016 season. Sounds wonderful. As always, my week is highlighted by hearing your voice. It really is. I mean, <laughs> and I can't wait till next week to do it again. Thank you so much. We, we will. Thank you, gentlemen. Be good. Appreciate y'all. You're good, man. That's Alex Marvez. We call him the Sheik. He's with the Sporting News and, of course, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider. We are together again, Fox Sports Sunday, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. And let me tell you, this man is worth listening to if you want to fatten your wallet. Nose picks are next. 
Nose picks coming right up. It's about 11 minutes before the top of the hour. Brian No, Andy Furman live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And let me give you a little bit of a reminder here. Michael Harmon and Dan Byer will be at the top of the hour. That's 9 o'clock Eastern time. You can pick them up on many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates and, of course, on your iHeartRadio app. But right now, it's time for Nose Picks. Are you ready for it? Sparky, here's the deal. Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian No is here. And now the time has come for Nose Picks. Ah, yes, Andy Furman. I was strong in Nose Picks last week, the Super Bowl 52 edition. Yes. I basically got everything right, which is ironic because I was completely wrong on Nick Fools not playing well against the Patriots. But. Silver lining, nose picks were spot on. So hopefully the trend will continue. I'm going to stick with the marquee matchup of the game, of the day. That would yes. be the Cavs at the Celtics. Yes. The new look Cavs. Here's my theory, Andy. Cavs are plus five. Now I know that Teron Lewis said that George Hill, he's going to be starting at point, and he doesn't know the plays yet. <laughs> so they're limited. They can run some pick and rolls and some general things. But I think, Andy, you're going to see a team that's going to be really locked in. Because with all of these new teammates, the new teammates are going to be trying to prove themselves. The veterans that are there are going to be trying to prove themselves and and play as well as they can. So I think there's going to be just a new focus for today. I'm not calling my shot over the rest of the regular season. But for today, I think the Cavs are locked in enough where they can keep it within five. I'm going to take the five points and go with the Cavs today. Do you like that? Well, I tell you what, on a normal day, I probably would because new team, new players, they're going to be energized. All about Paul Pierce, huh? The, you got the Paul right, Pierce yeah. angle the, on me? Okay. If this game yeah. was in Cleveland, I would definitely be in your corner 10,000%. Yeah. The game's in Boston. That's a big deal. And I think they're going to be rallying around Paul Pierce. And, and it's going to be crazy. I think the former Celtics will be there as well. Maybe yeah. his teammates will be there. So I don't I think buy that's it. A I don't buy push. it. You know what? I, went, I thought that the Virginia game last night. Virginia plays lockdown defense. The crowd is going nuts. They welcome in Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech won. Right? I was shocked. <laughs> you, See, that you can to throw me was all the motion right out the window if the execution isn't there. I think yeah. the focus is going to be there for the Cavs. I'm going to take them plus five. Well, I, hope I can right. regret it. I'll take I them plus right. five. Now, what's I'll go the to next thing on the docket? I'll go to college hoops here. Yeah, Louisville please. at Pitt. Louisville is minus 11 and a half. I'm laying the points, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Louisville. They crushed Pitt earlier this season. Pitt is terrible. Pitt is a dumpster fire. I'll lay the points on the road. I don't care. I'll go I'll one stick step with further. The, huh? we, we could start for Pitt. You and me no. could start in the backcourt for Pitt. <laughs> okay, I got a couple others, one, uh, others no. for you here in the association, Andy. I'm going to take Detroit minus four on the road against the Hawks. The Hawks stink at home against Eastern Conference teams. So the Pistons have dropped a couple on the road. They started off great with Blake Griffin. I think they get back on track today at Atlanta. I'll take the Pistons minus four. And another one, I'll go with an underdog here. I'm going to take the Kings. As soon as we get the, the mood music here going on with Orion. <laughs> I love it how it dims here. I really got to get this pick right because the music kind of draws you in. I'm going to actually yeah. go with the Kings 
plus 13 at Minnesota. Minnesota hasn't been great lately. I don't think that the T-Wolves are like, all right, we got to lock in. We got the Kings today at home. I think they could be a little bit unfocused, at least to the point where the Kings can keep it within 12, right? So I'll take them plus 13. Give me the Kings. What do you think about that? Okay, yes, I I, I stay away from that one. Could you give me one more college game, Mr. (laughs) Swami? Because I'm looking at Cincinnati at SMU. I know. Last four four times they played, I think Cincy is one and three at SMU. You know, I checked the line. I believe it's around eight. And I thought you might ask me about that one. Cincinnati is the most underrated top 10 team in the country easily. They just win, 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 win. But SMU at home, they bit me earlier. I went with Wichita State on the road, and SMU, they rose up on me. I think they rise up again plus the eight. Give Give me the SMU squad. All right, do that. By the way, thank you so much. Have a great week. Stay tuned to Harmon and Beyer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.